If you feel implementing the Sunnah is hard, then this episode is for you. One of the proof that we love our beloved Prophet wasallam is that we follow his teaching and his guidance in all aspects of our life. By following the Prophet wasallam is a sign of our love for Allah. As mentioned in the Quran, in Surah Al-Imran verse number 31, Allah said, Say, O Muhammad, if you really love Allah, then follow me. Allah will love you and forgive your sin. Allah is most forgiving, very merciful. In this episode titled Reviving the Sunnah in Our Life, where do we start? In the first part, we will talk about the misconception of the Sunnah in our society. Then we will dive into why we should implement the Sunnah in our life. Lastly, we want to share the practical tips on how to start implementing and reviving the Sunnah in our life from our personal experience and of course, from the advice that we get from our teachers. Come, let's hear it. Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Wassalatu Wassalamu ala Rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. To the listeners out there, wherever you are, Jazakumullah khairan for tuning in to another episode of The Barakah Effect the weekly podcast where we attempt to derive the benefits from the Quran and the Sunnah to inshallah live our best lives in this world and more importantly in the hereafter. Well, it's that early today, yeah, brothers, today? This is, I think this is going to be our earliest time that we have recorded in an episode, yeah? yeah right. Alhamdulillah. Right. <laughs> alhamdulillah, we hope that Allah places barakah in our actions, especially when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked Allah specifically to bless his ummah in what they do in their early mornings mm. and in, this mm. is a hadith collected by uh, Ibn Majah which ties in nicely actually to the topic that we hope to bi'ithnillah discuss today which is reviving the sunnah in our lives where do we start and just to set the scope of today's discussion uh, we when we say reviving the sunnah here we want to restrict our discussion today to the daily practices from the guidance of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which is well established in a general sense in all of his affairs uh, and in his everyday life, meaning his path and teachings with the correct uh, with the correct intentions becomes acts of ibadah. So, in a general sense, the definition of the prophetic sunnah. It consists of the statements of the Prophet and his actions and his tested approvals and uh, the description of his conduct. And actually the term Sunnah, right, in our religion is a very vast term used in different sciences of knowledge. And it's very comprehensive and used in many different areas. And it's also, for example, means the rulings of fiqh, whereby Sunnah means the highly recommended acts of ibadah what we hear usually as the wajib, the sunnah, the, the makruh, the haram, etc. And also our scholars as well has described sunnah as aqidah, which is evident from the great books of our righteous predecessors as, such as Usul uh, sunnah by Imam Ahmad or Sharhus uh, sunnah by Imam Al-Barbahari, whereby 
these are all the books explaining the beliefs, the creeds, uh, and the matters of Aqidah uh, of, from the Sunnah. So, so that's, right, hence that's the term Ahlu Sunnah. Maybe just for the yeah, benefit exactly. of our listeners, the term Ahlu Sunnah refers to the people of the Aqidah of Sunnah and not necessarily the definition that Reza said, which is like the sayings and the actions and the tested approvals of the Prophet Sallallahu Yeah, mashallah. Great, great uh, explanation there, Brother Faisal. So that's the differences uh, that we just want to briefly put an overall picture. So we want to start on the entry level today, and perhaps we will dedicate separate episodes, in, inshallah, in the future to address those other elements from the term sunnah itself. <clears throat> so why did we choose to narrow down the topic to the daily practice? of the sunnah and reviving it in our daily lives. You know, as Muslims, we want to bring back the love for the sunnah because it is actually a core of what is our identity, isn't it, brothers? Mm, and, yeah. and we also wish to bring to the forefront that, you know, the sunnah is actually really uh, a methodology or a way that enriches our lives from a spiritual sense and also from the productivity sense as well in our everyday lives. You know, but but going deeper into the real core of the issue, uh, I recall a specific hadith in Sahih Muslim whereby it always brings a sense of contemplation of what would be, you know, the condition of each and every single one of us from what is to come in a specific moment in the future. You know, when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he once said to his companions, he said, "I love to see my brothers." And the companions were curious about this statement. And they asked, uh, aren't we your brothers, Ya Rasulullah? So Rasulullah responded, you are my companions. And my brothers, they have not come into this world. And mm-hmm. in the hadith, it's it's quite a long hadith. So it's quite beneficial if, if we were to look into it um, uh, for our own research as well. But just to simplify the hadith, uh, to get the, the salient points, and he went on to narrate the distinct features of these people, the, the ones he terms the brothers uh, on the day of judgment, uh, you know, having specific marks of wudu on their faces and their hands, and <clears throat> how he would be waiting for them at his house or at his fountain, you know. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting because the, the reason he gave that description was the companions asked him, how will you know? Who are your followers? Because exactly. he, yeah. he, nev- he never met us, right? He's never met Faisal or Reza or Amir, right? Yeah. So he recognizes through those characteristics of implementing his sunnah. MashaAllah. Yeah. Mashallah. And, and also, if, if you follow in the hadith, at the same time, the same some people with uh, marks of wudu as well uh, on their faces, they will be turned away by the angels. Uh, and, and Rasulullah would, would question, you know, uh, these are my companions. Uh, and then the angels would reply to them, you don't know what these people introduce after you. And then after hearing that, Rasulullah will say, oh, be away with them, be away with them. So this is something mm. very severe, you know, when we, yeah. when we listen to this hadith. It's, it's to be honest, um, none of us actually will truly know our condition until we reach that moment. So it's also always beneficial for us to compl- contemplate on this from time to time in our lives and also always rectify our actions. And, but an interesting question arises from this hadith. You know, what, what would be the criterion 
of who passes that test on, on that day. We know that they would mm. have marks of wudu on their, on their body parts, on their faces, on their hands. But more importantly, what would qualify them to, to uh, not be turned away on that, on that day? And also what would be their daily habits and principles when they lived in this world? Yeah. So, so that's something mm. very beneficial to think about. Yeah, also, Sheikh, I want to share as well a hadith, similar narration narrated in Musnad Ahmad, where the Prophet said the same thing. I would love to meet my brothers. And the companions asked the same thing. Like, oh, aren't we your brothers? He says, oh no, you are my companions. My brothers are those who believe in me even though they never see me or meet me. So Inshallah. I think that's very heartwarming for us because we never yeah. meet Rasulullah SAW in this life. We'll never meet him. And yet Rasulullah SAW wants to meet us, you know. And so if we believe in him, and this is how when we discuss this topic, right? Reviving the sunnah, we can be like, we have the hope to be amongst the people he loves to meet. That He mentioned people like us, you know, subhanallah. Subhanallah, subhanallah. I like the key word that you mentioned there, the hope that when we implement these, these actions in our daily lives, we have a big hope that we are categorized in uh, that group of people, you know, yeah. and and you know Allah and, and about this, Allah clearly gives us this guidance in the Quran. He mentions in uh, Surah Ali Imran, Ayah thirty-one, He said, "Say, or Rasulullah, or Muhammad, if you should love Allah, then follow me. Me meaning uh, follow Rasulullah, and Allah will love you and forgive your sins." SubhanAllah, Allah already gives us this specific guidance in the Quran so that uh, if you love Allah, if you love this religion, if you're sincere in your love, then follow Rasulullah. Follow Rasulullah in all of his guidance, in his uh, teaching and his actions. And when we look into uh, Rasulullah's advice in other ahadith, uh, this also rings true throughout. You know, there are many ahadith which address this. One of them, he advises Ummah, uh, that verily, he among you who lives a long life will see great controversy. So you must keep to my sunnah and to the sunnah of the Khulafa al-Rashidin and those who guide to the right way. Cling to it firmly with your molar teeth. You know, cling to it, to it as hard as you can. And, and this is something profound, these words of Rasulullah. Um, how truthful is Rasulullah wasallam when we look into the condition of the world that we are living in today, especially to quote a very current example uh, in this era of the pandemic, we see so many strange opinions, strange theories, and many different ways of lives out there, you know? And, and when it comes to the sunnah, also people have a lot of misconceptions or vast misunderstand misunderstandings about it, especially in our communities at large. And when we really think about it, uh, as we mentioned earlier, when we look at it from the correct sources, you know, it has tremendous benefits for us as it is a guidance to firstly maintain our Iman correctly and also for our other worldly benefits as well, such as increasing productivity in every aspect of our lives and also inculcating excellent mannerisms in our everyday lives. So... And so also maybe just to share as well, we, we want to also share is that it's actually easy to implement the sunnah in your life. So that's why we, were we mentioned the title, where do we start? So people think like this is something difficult, but 
Inshallah, we want to one one of the objectives is to inculcate that inspiration. That Mashallah, there are so many things that I can do actually. It's not just it's easy. Maybe some of us, without knowing, has been doing it. Uh, for yeah, years. that's true. Yeah, All we have to just switch our intention. Oh, it's indeed, sunnah anyway, indeed. right? That's right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Mashallah. So yeah, exactly. And essentially, today we want to take a step back and examine. Firstly. What are the common misconceptions about the practices of our sunnah of the sunnah in our communities? And then on the flip side, we want to uh, discuss why we should implement the sunnah in our lives and also what are the practical ways that we can start to revive the sunnah in our daily habits. Yeah? So, so brothers, to touch on the first aspect of our discussion today, Uh, what are some of your common what of some of the common misconceptions or attitudes that you may have encountered or come across or even you may have understood at one point of time in your life that uh, that we, it's prevalent in the society mm. maybe i can start this one so yeah. one of the most common misconceptions about the word sunnah is how narrow we have the definition of sunnah so many of us right we think the word sunnah it only means four wives or keeping long hair. Subhanallah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, you know, this is the problem about the men, right? The word sunnah only appears when you're appealing to marry more than one wife. Come on, man. Like, you know, <laughs> I remember watching yeah. a Malay drama a few years back, right? And then this husband was trying to convince a wife and to, to, to want to marry another woman and she was like upset and everything. So, sayang, I, I can have four. <laughs> and then he said he said the word sunnah, if I'm not mistaken, right? And yeah. I, if I if I recall correctly, that was the one and only time the word sunnah is ever mentioned in, in the entire series. I'm like, what? Oh. Like, <laughs> so like, this is quite yeah. like, this is the one misconception. And then when I was young, I used to keep my hair long, right? And so uh, back in my university days, I know it's difficult to imagine, but yeah, that's what it is. And, <laughs> and then when I when I come back to Malaysia back then, and then my uncles and aunties would see me, oh, oh like uh, they would see me, and I would immediately say, Uncle Sunnah. And I, oh. <laughs> in, my, in reality, my real intention was I was just following the rock stars and you know all those musicians that I was trying to follow, right? I had virtually zero knowledge on Sunnah, but when it comes yeah. to keeping the, to look like a rock star, suddenly the word Sunnah appears out of nowhere. Like what? You know. So in that in general it becomes a convenient excuse to uh uh to some of our practices it becomes some some safe word that we go to right mm. uh, yeah 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 true and then, you know it's interesting like when I said that like uh, oh I used to keep the hair because of, of sunnah right and I used to get like remarks rebuking me and says oh you know if you want to follow the sunnah you have to wear kohul kohul on your eyes. Uh, what do you call it? Chela in in English. Chela. Yeah, Eyel- uh, eyeliners. Eyeliners. Yeah. 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 So they used to give this kind of feedback. So th- what they're saying is like, oh, you have to implement that. So we have to. That's one of the misconceptions. We think that Sunnah has this this all or nothing mentality. If you yeah. want to follow Sunnah, you have to follow everything. And now, mm. but but now I'm looking at like who gave this precondition, right? Like the reality of the Sunnah is you can implement anything that's that's useful that's useful for you if it's if it's uh, recommended. And do as much as you can. And if you mm-hmm. can do, go ahead. If you can't do, you're not sinful for that, right? Yes. And what I realized yeah, is yeah. this all or nothing precondition. It makes it a burden to implement sunnah. Because when people to, told me that, right? Like, oh, yeah, they're implying that, oh, you know, uh, if you need to wear kohol as well. And then, uh, like, uh, like, does that mean that if you cannot implement to, uh, uh, cannot afford to implement the sunnah, all of it, you have to abandon all of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Does mm. it mean does it mean that if you don't implement some of it, then you are not implementing the sunnah? 
Yeah. In your lives, right? Yeah. 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 And then, like, you know, it's interesting. Like now I'm, I'm studying, like I, I, I learned a quote from Imam An-Nawawi. Imam An-Nawawi, he didn't get married. So he openly admitted, he says, I think the only sunnah that I did not implement is not getting, getting married. But you know what the amazing thing is? He said that the reason why he didn't implement that, mar- that sunnah to get married is because he says that I fear that because of following this one sunnah, I might fall into many other haram. Meaning to say, he was so passionate about seeking knowledge, about studying, teaching and writing. He was so into it. He feared that his, this obsession and this passion about knowledge would make him abandon his responsibilities as a husband. Wow, how many wow. men think like wow. this, right? This, <laughs> this is different level, man. Yeah. Like, you know? Subhanallah. <laughs> but subhanallah. But anyway, my point is coming back to this all or nothing thing, right? If people really apply this rule, all or nothing to Imam Manawi, what are you saying? Oh, he's not implementing one sunnah. Forget about it, like Imam Manawi. Don't do any sunnah. Like. You know what I mean? Like, that makes zero yeah. sense, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. For me, for me, right? I always thought that sunnah is only about uh, ibadah or act that we do. We will get the reward, and if we don't, if we don't do it, it would not cause any problem to me. Just like uh, uh, the, the big ibadah, right. like uh, uh, the sunnah solah mm. or the the sunnah fasting. Right. You right. know, right. if we, when I think about myself, if I want to start doing the sunnah with, for me, it's a big big ibadah. I think I, I would I would not start any any of the sunnah. <laughs> mm. ah, very good. Yeah. Start small. Yeah, you should yeah. start small. small. Yeah. But 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 as we learn, like there are categories that uh, the 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 scholars has laid out right in 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 the past. So actually, there's a lot of sunnah that we can implement in our life. It's not only exactly. about yeah. sunnah prayer, the yeah. fasting. Exactly. And, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I used to think also the the sunnah were all only connected to the to the acts of uh, ibadah such as uh, salat like, like the rituals or, uh, so to speak rituals isn't it? of, of yeah, ibadah yeah, yeah. Yeah, salat yeah. or uh, sunnah fasting mm. so and and it's it's a thing whereby okay it's sunnah so i have the option right to, to, ah. you know? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so that that was my perhaps my uh, thinking uh, some years ago mm-hmm. and uh, yeah so actually uh, this is not the case because sunnah is actually uh, the the teachings of Rasulullah, in fact, in yes, general, yes, right? Yes. Just like yeah. just like giving sadaqah, right? Yeah. When you are in school, you don't have money. How how to give sadaqah? Mm. Is it true, right? You don't have yeah. money, but there there is a, a alternative for that. Smile, give yep. a good yep. words. Yeah, yeah, true. Sadaqah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and maybe I can add another thing that people usually you know uh, that bothers them a lot is when. No, I want to implement the sunnah. Okay, um, how can I start implementing a sunnah? Say, let, let's go and buy a siwak stick. You know the siwak stick that if you go to Umrah, oh, okay. for example. Yeah. It's, uh, what's it? What's it called in Malaysia? In Malaysia, we call it sugi. Sugi. Kayu sugi. Yeah. yeah. The miswak. So, the miswak. Yeah. So the thing is, the scholars say that if you use toothpaste and toothbrush, it's also sunnah. You know, it's it's the equally the same it's basically the same as you using the siwak right so you get you you have the intention to brush your teeth before you come to your prayers and whatnot right so you have that already you have that uh you know reward from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but if you do have if you do happen to find a siwak or a miswak stick right and you have the intention that i want to follow the prophet because he used to use this to brush his teeth 
then we get extra. So subhanallah, this is this kind of, you know, things, it make, it actually motivates people to do more sunnah, you know, um, because you don't know that what you have been doing is actually, is something that, you know, it's sunnah, but now you know it, then, you know, it, it, it puts everything in perspective. Yeah. So this is just one, one example that I can think of. Very yeah, simple. Yeah. I guess the differentiator here is essentially, it goes back to knowledge, right? Knowledge of course. Of, uh, yeah, definitely. What are the what are the correct sunnah? Firstly, what are the authentic ones? Uh, what are the correct sunnahs to be done, and the how it's done in our everyday lives, the way that we practice it? All of these have been addressed by our, mashallah, our scholars in in our religion. The 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 ones who do who preserve the religion, the scholars who are on the correct and authentic knowledge so it's just upon us to to learn a bit slowly slowly and and when when once we learn about this sunnah um the sunnah practices it's it's something of like an eye opener you know mm. suddenly mm. all of our acts of ibadah becomes such uh such easy or or something that you know is clear clear to us for example uh, i i recall uh I attended a course on um, how to uh, pray according to the sunnah of how it's how it's taught in uh, in our deen. And before that, perhaps uh, there are some some items that perhaps we we inherit through our knowledge from from uh, you know we don't know actually what are the the sources of the the rituals in the the salah, for example. But once you know it from from uh, from the correct sources, from the sources of knowledge, you, it makes the solah so much easier and so much uh, comforting that you know that you are practicing uh, the solah according to how Rasulullah and his companions, uh, he, how he taught his companions uh, the solah. So, so that's that's a, a difference whereby um, going from the misconceptions to to what is the correct understanding. This is only through knowledge and. Uh, believe me, if you go just one step into the, the that uh, realm of knowledge, it's such an eye opener that it, it makes your life so much easier and simpler and and mashallah uh, a bit uh, so much more meaningful in your acts in your everyday lives. Mm. And so add also, what, what is that? Uh, oh, yeah, good. Oh, sorry. Like, like sometimes people people think that that sunnah, yeah, in in the, in the society, sometimes people think. Sunnah in the in the matter of faith, it, it's something which is um, not not critical. Yeah, it's not it's not really the essence of of aqidah. Yeah, but actually, like Imam Ahmad mentioned that whoever deliberately left out any uh, voluntary acts of, of worship, anything sunnah, whether it's a uh, your rawatib prayers or your uh, your supplementary fasting, yeah, mm-hmm. if you if you deliberately keep on uh, leaving that out, not doing mm-hmm. it, yeah, then it, the implication to that is your testimony is actually going to be uh, not an. Uh, is not going to hold strength to your testimony, meaning that guy mm. can't testimony can testify in court, simply because right, right. he's the person who's known to always not do uh, anything sunnah. Right. Uh, that's the, the significant in the time mm. of the Ahmad. Wow. And also, you see, like in, in our society nowadays, because uh, we we tend to 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 uh, to take out this sunnah from from aqidah altogether, to the point sometimes we we make joke, we make fun of sunnah. And that's actually yeah. that's actually detrimental. For instance, like uh, somebody who who keeps a beard or somebody who dressed in a certain way, uh, uh, like a, 
uh, and that's perhaps something is not 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 common in in, in society. But mm-hmm. that person who's trying to follow the sunnah gets gets to be um, uh, uh, demeaned, gets to be uh, insulted, mm-hmm. yeah, for for the, the particular sunnah uh, uh, things that they're doing. And people think that, that this is okay because this is not your this is not something which is um, uh, that can 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 nullify Islam whatsoever. However, whatever uh, actions, what uh, whatever. Uh, sunnah from the Prophet, whether it's something wajib or something sunnah, if you if you insult it, if you make fun of it, then you are at risk of, of nullifying your iman. So sunnah, even though on on the on the light uh, on light ibadah, still is the traditions of the Prophet that we need to uphold. It has a value. It has it gives izah nobility to person who does it. Mm, so it's very important, right? This is this is something very important nowadays, and it should not be taken lightly. Uh, as as we see today, yeah, mm. subhanallah. Yeah, so I want to add the, the misconception that Reza mentioned, which is really something that I used to think as well. Like sunnah is only like ritual acts of ibadah, mm. but subhanallah, like the more I I read it, right, like so, like it's, it's so amazing how many things that as Ami highlighted that it's it's a really powerful productivity tip, which is already integrated in the sunnah, and for example, things like sleeping early. People like productivity gurus today talk about sleeping early, right? Yeah. And then you know that's also a sunnah, yeah. Yeah. and uh, because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is like sleep, sleep uh, talking after Aisha. And then how about saying nice words to others, making other people happy? That's a sunnah. Kissing your children, that's a sunnah. Telling your friend, I love you, that's a sunnah. I don't want to implement that sunnah. Like you know, people have like very very selective. And then you know, kissing your wife before you go to the masjid, that's a sunnah. Telling other men, I love my wife, that's a sunnah. Oh, like you know, not to overeat, <laughs> not to overeat, not to overeat. Yeah, <laughs> or not to overeat. That is a sunnah. Yeah. So subhanallah, there's just so many awesome things which are already in the sunnah, and and these are very comprehensive ways of life. So these are cons- misconceptions that we need to try and get rid of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So actually, in implementing the sunnah, you're already going on that productive way in your life. But at the same time, more more importantly, these are making your life. Every action in your life, acts of ibadah, right, with the correct mm-hmm. intention. So, so imagine that you know, making every action in our lives uh, when we know that this is the sunnah of Rasulullah, so salam, and we practice it with the correction, uh, with the intention of uh, pleasing Allah. This becomes an act of ibadah throughout every single minute uh, minutes <laughs> mm. of your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing to, to me. It's something profound because mm-hmm. because what just come back to the reason why we are here in the dunya right we are here to to uh, to worship allah first and foremost yeah. and and all of our actions later on will be placed in front of us on the day of judgment and we want all of our actions inshallah to to so that we we are we are proud of it uh, when we when we present it you know in 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 the day of judgment so every moment uh, when we apply the sunnah in our lives It's inshallah an investment in our lives. Mashallah. So, Sometimes so, like, when people yeah. say like, because uh, the, the source of uh, it's called say the source of barakah in life is by following the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad Exactly. Yes, Even exactly. sometimes it it might be somehow uh, uh, a a bit against the uh, the, the, the normal uh, uh, understanding of, of the common people. For instance, I give you people say that uh, for you to have a good sleep, it has to be eight hours. Yeah. If you don't have that eight hours of sleep, you're gonna wake up cranky. You can't do anything. It mm. means your day. Much you walk on on the on the bad side of 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 the bed, yeah. <laughs> However, in in the sunnah itself, you don't see people sleeping for eight hours, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't see that. 
But these are people who, with that limited sleep, they did so much in their day life. In in the day, they did so much. Yeah. Whether they whether they do that or whether they in, in their business transaction, in anything they do, they they achieve the maximum level uh, possible. But they still maintain uh, limited sleep, and I mean they sub uh, minimum sleep at, at night. So mm. that's to show the barakah that comes with mm. every sunnah that we do. Yeah, they they're not eight hours. Sometimes it's five hours or six hours, but still they can give the same result as someone who does eight hours of sleep every day. Mm. I think it's hard to get a eight hours sleep nowadays. For me, mashallah. So I guess I guess we've touched briefly on some common misconceptions. Perhaps we can look into why is it important to implement the sunnah in our lives. I think we've touched on some of that as well. But perhaps moving along on the on the topic today, um, what are the real whys? So that every time when we think about it, we can you know uh, come back and reflect on okay, I'm doing this. There is a strong reason why I'm doing it, and therefore. Uh, when sometimes we might fall off the the track, it is easy, inshallah, to come back because we have a strong reason to do it. So perhaps uh, we can touch on some of the whys of of uh, holding on to the sunnah. Right. So when you give the shahada, when you say La ilaha illallah, what's the second part? Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Right. We say so we say there's none worthy of worship except Allah and Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is his messenger. So really, when we implement the sunnah, we are really implementing the the message of the wahi, the revelation of Allah to us. <coughs> so this is something that reminds us, like when we implement the teachings of the, our Prophet, it's really an extension of our ibadah to Allah, our tawhid to Allah. And so this is where I remind my my old self. The one who used to use the word sunnah to justify long hair, or for the men who use the word sunnah to marry more than one wife, or sometimes even for some parents to use the word you know sunnah as 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 a right, and then they weaponize it to tell their children, oh, you should obey me because of this. So, you know that we use it for conv- our convenience, but that's not yeah, the reason we implement the sunnah. It's not for convenience. It's our ibadah to Allah. So that's the the most important reason why we should implement the sunnah in our lives. Mashallah, that's 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 amazing in the sense of the mindset in this uh, how how we can actually what's the correct mindset behind the sunnah? It's not when it's convenient to us, but actually it's our way of life, right? And mm-hmm. and this is something that we should uh, strive to practice, not when it's only convenient to our desires, which we see yes, a lot yes, yes. nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. It's like an acid test for our faith. If we follow yeah. the Rasulullah yeah. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then we are uh, we we have faith to Allah. Yeah, right. And it's also a means of safety because yeah, yeah. you know in our life there are many ways or paths or color colors to to uh, that is not on the the straight path that is to Allah. Mm. There are many from the shayatin, from the shaitan and the ins. Who are always constantly when we when we go through our daily lives, uh, we see so so many influences trying to grab us from left, right, and center, right. Yeah. And yeah. and coming back to uh, the saying of uh, Imam Malik, you know, uh, he said, the Sunnah is like the Ark of Noah. You know, whoever embarks upon it reaches salvation, <laughs> and whoever refuses <laughs> is drowned. As says uh, Brother Faisal. 
Masha'Allah, Tabarakallah. It's imprinted on his shirt. Are you reading from my t-shirt, Masha'Allah? Yeah. Yeah. Masha'Allah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that quote is actually part of the theme of the straight path. So yeah, that's what it is. It's like the Ark yeah. of Noah. Whoever's on it saved and whoever is, on it, whoever is not on the boat, is on, on the Ark, is drowned. Masha'Allah. So it wow. is really centrally ties into matters of our our safety, of our aqidah, of our belief. Mm-hmm. Whereby there is a clear guidance set by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and uh, collected by his companions and also all our scholars uh, in the past that it's when 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 we see how it's it's um, collected or how it is um, how how to say the sciences of the hadith for example this is so comprehensive and very stringent that you know when you look at the details you you uh, you know that this is uh, none other than uh, what allah has sent down and what allah has preserved because of the comprehensiveness and and the tawfiq that allah has given to to the scholars of how to preserve the sunnah to mm. to the sense that to this very day what we are we are what we have received from the sunnah is what exactly what rasulullah has taught his Means, you know, yes, and uh, Al Imam Az Zuhri also, Rahimahullah, mentioned in the past, our ulama said, you know, holding to the Sunnah is safety. So that's the key word here. Holding on to the Sunnah is safety. So mm-hmm. um, that's what we want actually from our life. Um, mm-hmm. In in when it's all said and done, what only matters uh, when you are standing in front of Allah, when you're even during the the grave when you're on the day of judgment what have you done and have were you on this in the path that is on the path of safety that means your religion is intact your aqidah is intact so that's i think one of the most important things of why sunnah is really important for us to pay attention to and also and, and, to touch yeah. on on the on the uh, on the on the ayat of the uh, of quran uh, as what uh, brother reza mentioned early in the, in the introduction Uh, Surah Imran, um, verse 31, yeah? To tell that the way uh, by performing the sunnah is actually a way for you to attain Allah's love. And I want mm. to bring another, another hadith. It's this hadith famously used by a lot of people. It's called, uh, it's a hadith kutsi called Hadith Wali. Mm. Mm. So they say that, uh, so, uh, among it, it's, it's, it mentioned a few things, but among it say that, and my servant does not draw near to me with anything more left to me than the religious duty, which is uh, fardu and, and wajib. Uh, and my servant continues to draw near to me with nafil, with super, uh, with uh, uh, voluntary acts of uh, of worship mm. until I love him. Which is the sunnah, right? Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Oh, we call it sunnah. Sunnah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. mentioned about, about this hadith wali, you say that so the best way for you to reciprocate the love, see, someone who claims I love Allah, but the best way to reciprocate that love back to you, or for Allah's love back to you, mm-hmm. is by doing that sunnah. Mm. So the, yeah. the more sunnah ibadah you do, the higher chance Allah will love you. Yeah, that, that, that's one of Mashallah. the like the litmus test. Yeah? Mashallah. That, that is the reason why, as well, in the same hadith, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He mentioned that uh, He who continues to do voluntary acts, then I will be, uh, and, and then His His eyes will be the eyes. Uh, I will be the eyes in which He sees. And I will be the hand in which He strikes. And I will be the the the, the legs that. On which he treads upon, so Subhanallah, you you get this help, so this divine help from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala when you continue consistently do 
the voluntary acts, uh, which is the sunnah. So you get all these benefits, you know, these worldly benefits. And what more to say on the day of judgment? You know, you'll be, you'll be smiling, you know, when you see your finally you get to receive the book on your right hand, subhanallah. So yeah, that's an and amazing also, hadith. Sunnah is also essentially part of revelation as well, isn't it? Mm, that's right. Yeah, of course, you can't, you, can't, you can't understand the Quran without the Sunnah, basically, right? So, um, so in this sense that when we apply the Sunnah in our lives, we are also implementing uh, what Allah has instructed His Prophet to do, mm. and and therefore, therefore, this makes this this path or this way or this way of life uh, a safe one and and something that, uh, as Allah mentioned. Uh, he will he will love the ones who implement uh, who follow Rasulullah uh, in his guidance. So so this is something uh, profound as well because how you get the love from Allah because essentially you are following the instructions that Allah wants what Allah wants out of you how how you to live in this worldly life. So this is essentially something quite uh, profound as well. And speaking and of guidance as well, right? Yeah, like speaking of guidance, right? Now, as human beings, how do you know what's good for you? What's the criteria that you judge something is good or bad? And we live today mm. in a world where there's so much liberalism, right? Oh, my opinion mm. is this. Oh, no, I disagree. Like, you know, everyone is like throwing <laughs> stuff here and there. Overload of that. information, right? Exactly. Information <laughs> yeah. overload. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what you believe. That's why. Like, that. how do you judge? So that's mm -hmm. why in Surah Mu'minun, Allah says, if the truth had been in accordance with their desires, that's it. The entire heavens and the earth, everything will be corrupted. Human um, beings, we don't know what's good for us. We need yeah. the support from Allah. We need Allah to tell us what is right and what is wrong. And that's why it's a huge mercy from Allah that He revealed the Quran and Sunnah with this comprehensive way of life. We know exactly how to live our lives. We know what is good, what is bad. And everything in between, we can also be the judge of that. <coughs> you know, so the, the tools are so, so complete in the Sunnah that we have this confidence to live our lives. And subhanAllah, it's so interesting that people kind of mock this as well. People kind of look at, oh, like everything you have in Islam. So even a, a, a non-Muslim once came to mock Salman al-Farisi, one of the companions of Rasulullah So they said to Salman, oh, it seems to us that your prophet, he seemed to teach you everything, even how to go to the toilet. And then uh, Salman says, Ajal, absolutely. And then, and then Salman goes and says, yeah, so when we go to the toilet, we don't face the Qibla, we do this. So he actually, he actually took pride in that. So yeah. we should like take pride, not in an arrogant sense, but to have the Izzah. Yeah, this is our identity. This is the, yeah, something yeah. that Allah has given us. And that's why Omar ibn Khattab used to say that, you know, we were a people who used to be in Jahiliyyah. We used to know nothing. Islam. We are people who Allah honored us through Islam, through the Sunnah. So we should, you know, like embrace this. You know, this is our identity. This is who we are. <laughs> Mashallah. One thing Mashallah. nice about that is like, for instance, because if Sunnah comes and, and, and further defines all this, yeah, revelation comes and defines all this. Because when you say, uh, when you ask anybody, you say, well, to live a productive life, everybody agrees. Everybody agrees. But what is productive life? What is productive? Sunnah tells you what is productive life. But what is cleanliness? <laughs> yeah. like, like for instance, in Islam, yeah. it defines, for instance, when when something comes out from the same organ, same same parts, one of it can be can be uh, uh, requires uh, it, it's it's najis. Or sometimes it doesn't. It's not even najis. So mm. the sunnah defines all this. Right. This is why we it need is, it. Because if you just leave it to your uh, to your whims and desires and, and 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 your intellect, you will never come to such conclusion. You will yeah. never yeah. be able to do so. Yeah. 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 So essentially, if you come with your desires, 
who is right and who is wrong, right? Yeah, yeah true, true, and, true. And essentially, the Sunnah, when you look at it, it is preserved in the sense that from from the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it hasn't changed. So the way of life of Muslims from that time to now, essentially, the core of it is essentially the same, isn't it? Yeah, Subhanallah. Yeah. Subhanallah. That's that's yeah. something amazing to me because because uh, that shows that uh, this is something so clear and and it's upon the right guidance that it doesn't flip flop like we see different ideologies today. That today this this ideology would would gain precedence, but tomorrow it might not be relevant anymore, right? Yeah. Mm. But but the Sunnah yeah. it remains as is our deen. It remains the same from the time of Rasulullah until. Yamul so Subhanallah, this is something profound. Yeah, Subhanallah. Yeah, and right, this is and following the Sunnah, right? It's like a productivity hack for ibadah. If I can say that, oh yeah, then we don't need to create our own, right? Just because, oh, I think this is best to Allah, but we don't know that. But no one yeah, can guarantee yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah no one correct. can guarantee what reward you will get if it's never yeah. been mentioned in the Quran or the Sunnah. There's actually, that I want, actually yeah, just, okay. to let me quickly interject yeah. there. Actually, when you um, add to your ex that was not in the sunnah, this yeah. might be rejected even. So, so okay. So, yeah. this is something true, true. <laughs> that you it's don't like, want, uh, right? You are doing more than your scope of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, right. a, that's a beautiful <laughs> analogy. Like HR tells you, you're supposed to do A, B, C, right? So, that's kind, of, that's kind of what the sunnah is. There's a guideline exactly how you should do it, yeah. right? And then know, you on do that exactly. point, yeah, because this is uh, something like uh, the the pre the conditions for any acts of worship to be accepted, right? Ikhlas and yeah. Rasulullah. If you take a, a, a more generic, uh, if you take a step back and look at that, at that two conditions, one is ikhlas to Allah, and number two is itibat Rasulullah. These are actually shahada. True, true, true. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a hadith I want to share about this uh, about the productivity ah. hacks in ibadah. Juwairia, right. uh, the the wife of the Prophet. Reported that Rasulullah came out from her house in the morning as she was busy uh, doing her dawn prayer, the, the, the fajr, in her place of worship. So when Rasulullah come back in the fourth noon, I think it's 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., right? And she was still sitting and she was reciting something that, uh, that, that was not mentioned in hadith. Then Rasulullah asked her, you have been in the same seat since I left you? He asked, right? And she said, yes. So Rasulullah said, I recited, Subhanallah, Ya Bihamdihi, Adada Khalqihi, Warida Nafsihi, Wazina Ta'ashi. Just this four phrase, he recited three times after I left you. And if these are weighed against what you recite since the morning, this would outweigh them. Just by reciting this uh, three times of this short zikr, it outweighs what, what uh, Rasulullah wife was reciting for hours. So come on guys. Yeah. Don't tell me, don't tell me you want to do another ibadah. That yeah, is wasn't yeah. taught by Prophet, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting it also the perspective, right? Because she spent like maybe if we were to do an estimate, maybe it was like three hours of zikir, maybe let's just say three hours, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And those zikir are things which are already in the sunnah. Mm. But the Prophet, so, so that's already accepted, yeah? But the Prophet told her, let me give you something that's even more concise that outweighs all of that. And if you think about it, right? You want to say, SubhanAllah, It's like what? Three, three times, right? One minute? 
So it's <laughs> that's the productivity hack. One minute of work is like equivalent to three hours, which is already sanctioned. So outside of that, you know, like yeah. So last but not least, why we should implement the sunnah in our lives? Is I want to emphasize this is how we love Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It's about reviving his sunnah. Now, if you ask every any average Muslim today, do you do you love Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? Every single person I I believe will say that yeah. They were, of course, I love Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In fact, they might even get defensive. Who, who are you to ask who me why? <laughs> do you love Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? You know, like people get defensive. Why do, why do you ask me that question? Yeah, why do you ask me? Come on, man. Like you know, <laughs> but you have to ask yourself, what does it mean? Like anyone can claim that, right? What does it mean to for you to love somebody? It, if you love somebody, it will be shown by your actions, right? And you mm. see, I used to grow up in an environment where loving Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam means singing songs, and I think mm. about it. Oh. Is this is this really love for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? And the more you study about the religion, the more I thought about it, and 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 I realized and I understood that the people who loved the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the most was the companions, radiyallahu anhum. Yes. Now, yes. simple thing to ask, right? I just just was curious, right? Okay, so how much did they, did they sing to hmm. prove their love? So people who can't sing doesn't love Rasulullah. Ah, that's right. <laughs> Different point, right? <laughs> so those who can't sing don't love Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Wow. So you know. The truth is, the people who love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the most are those who revived his sunnah, who practiced his sunnah in their everyday lives. That's how you love Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's why I want to speak about this subject, because so we so we want to understand how we can internalize and really implement that love towards Him to prove to Allah Azza wa Jal when we meet Allah on the day of judgment. Yeah, Allah, this is my proof that I love. I I I love your Prophet Alaihi Salatu Wasallam. That's what we want to speak about. Mashallah, Mashallah. So that's that's I think uh, a great uh, why on why we should start to implement the Sunnah in to do, to revive back the Sunnah in our lives, and uh, so let's let's go on to to our daily habits or daily practices in our lives and how we can start to revive the Sunnah or implement the Sunnah in in our everyday lives. Inshallah. Anyone? Okay, so perhaps maybe yeah. I can start. Okay, inshallah. Yeah. Right, so talking about how if you want to make an easy one and implementing the sunnah in everyday lives, I'm going to start with dhikr, remembrance of Allah. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want to start with this uh, hadith where a man came to the Prophet ﷺ and he says, Ya Rasulullah, the obligations of Islam has become so burdening on me, so difficult on me. And then, why, why don't you teach me, Ya Rasulullah, something easy that I can stick to? And then the Prophet ﷺ says, let, don't let your tongue Stop, except that it's moist with the dhikr of Allah. Make sure your tongue is always in the remembrance. It's always saying the words of dhikr, remembrance of Allah. Subhanallah, this hadith is so amazing, right? Number one, it's such a huge mercy from Allah that Allah sent companions who asked these difficult questions, yeah? <laughs> these are the things that we wanted to know, but they've already proceeded Right. Yeah, these are the stuff people talk about today in Twitter, right? Oh, Islam yeah. is so difficult, it's such a burden, right? Oh, by the way, somebody already said that to Rasulullah and he already gave you the answer to that, right? So subhanAllah, like these are the stuff we need to know. And so this is a huge mercy from Allah. And yeah, a lot of people find Islam very difficult to do. A lot of people find like maybe waking up for fajr is difficult to do. Maybe giving da'wah is difficult to do. Quitting haram behaviors is difficult. Spending our resources to give sadaqah. Oh man, that is so difficult for people to do, right? So what was the concise advice that the Prophet ﷺ would give to these kinds of people? And he says, always you know, make dhikr of Allah. 
And wallahi subhanallah this is so this so the the, the Bedouin man in, in some narrations it says it was a Bedouin man he wanted a life hack right so in today's language ah. right in today's lingo <laughs> yeah, yeah. he wanted a life hack how can i like you know like this is difficult for me give me something you know easy you know so this the prophet's advice to him was really a masterclass in habit change yeah? this is amazing so number one, why is it such a masterclass number one, is zikr is easy like you can do it constantly all the time everywhere except only mm-hmm. maybe the toilet that's it Everywhere yeah. you can do it, right? In the kitchen, mm-hmm. at the park, in the elevator, at the supermarket. <laughs> do your dhikr, yeah. right? And it's so interesting, right? If you think about dhikr, now of course there are certain specific circumstances that, that the Prophet ﷺ taught us to do dhikr, right? Like when you enter the house, when you ride the vehicle, waking mm-hmm. up from sleep, before drinking, yeah. after drinking and so on, right? But here in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ didn't constrain it. He says, just do, just make make your tongue always moist. So what does that do? It makes it very easy now. I can say, you know, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, that's also a dhikr. Come on, are you saying you don't know how to say subhanallah, alhamdulillah, right? And it's so interesting, like when you think about it, right? There are so many hadith that shows that even the most basic dhikr are so virtuous in the sight of Allah. There's a hadith in Sahih Muslim where the Prophet says, walhamdulillahi tamla'ul mizan. The phrase alhamdulillah, it fills the scales of our good deeds. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> we say that so many times, isn't it? Subhanallah. So it makes it so easy. Okay, so this is number one. Like you can do any dhikr, there's no constraint. So it, that's why it, uh, it, it's such a powerful uh, advice. But secondly as well, on a practical level, right? The more dhikr you do, it, it makes your life easier actually. You see, when you, when you always do dhikr, right? Number one, it, it increases your iman. And then, it, you know, it reinforces your identity, your motivation in life, your purpose in life. You know, you remind yourself, you say, Alhamdulillah. The more you keep up this habit, the higher your iman, the easier the other obligations of Islam will come. Ah, you see? Because this man was complaining, right? It's like, oh, difficult, difficult. But if you keep saying, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. You know, when your baseline is always consistent, right? Eventually, you're going to come to a point where you're like, oh, I'm so consistent in doing this extra stuff. I should, you know, I should buck up a bit for the wajib stuff, right? Yeah, up my game, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, you know? <laughs> so you, you got to come to that existential realization like, oh, I, no, I should put priorities in place. And I, I love this another, why this is such a powerful life hack is because dhikr can actually help you quit bad habits and sins. You see, this is something mm-hmm. subtle which the Prophet ﷺ advises. You know, maybe it's our sins that are weakening our resolve to do those wajibat, those, those obligations, right? Maybe because mm-hmm. we're doing all these sins, right? So we spoke mm-hmm. about this in Breaking Bad Habits. So when we're always saying dhikr, you know, alhamdulillah, subhanallah, can you imagine mm-hmm. yourself saying these things when you're about to do haram? For oh. example... <laughs> Oh. If you hmm. if you always say the the dhikr of entering the car, right? Subhanallah, Can you imagine going to a place of haram and then you say Subhanallah, Subhanallah? Yeah, last thing that you wanted would want to say, right? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like one of our our, our teachers, right, Sheikh Wahid, he said, he said, you know, uh, he he advised a smoker once. He says, Akhi, if you want to smoke, uh, you can smoke. Uh, but before you smoke, say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Then again, say Nauzu Billah. I'm never going to say that. Shit. <laughs> exactly. Inshallah. <laughs> and, and Subhanallah. Like la- lastly, why is this such a powerful life life hack? Right, dhikr is essentially the life of all ibadah, the spirituality, even our salah. That's why Allah says to Prophet Musa, Wa aqimis salata li dhikri. Pray so that you remember me in my remembrance. Every act of ibadah without this element of dhikr, it has a danger of becoming very mechanical, you know, very ritual. 
And there's a lot of that's why people today say that it's it's a burden because it's only done like you know like you know, I just have to get this over and done with. They have they have devoid of this spirituality. If you instill zikir in your life, that's when you, you give it more like ooh like you know this is more motivation you know. So I I think this is a brilliant life hack. Why? Because by the Prophet ﷺ advising you to do this every every part of your life, right? By reinforcing this habit outside of solah, it strengthens your zikir in solah. Ah, yeah. think about it, right? Yeah. So this enhances your productivity of your ibadah in totality as a whole. This is why you see the hadith. It's so when you look at the hadith that talks about zikr, right? You think like, wow, this is everything in Islam. So the, the prophet yeah. says, "You want me to tell you something that's the best of your deeds, the purest of them with Allah, the highest of them in your ranks, that's better for you from better better for you instead of spending gold and silver for the sake of Allah, better than meeting your enemy on the battlefield and striking their necks." The prophet, their companions are like, yeah, absolutely. Tell us, right? The prophet says, "Dikrullahi Taala, remembrance of Allah." Why? Because all of those deeds, right? Whether you're fighting on the battlefield, whether you're giving charity, whether you're praying in salah, the essence of all those things must have the remembrance of Allah. So, if you find it difficult outside of those acts of ibadah, do zikr, and then eventually those other things will become easy. Mm, it's like sunnah, sunnah one o one, right? Right. But, but right. the thing is, it's not just any zikir, right? I like to just uh, recommend people that if they ask me, what zikir do you do? I ask them, try to get this book. He's no Muslim. Uh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Let's, let, let's flash it. I got one here. Yeah. <laughs> do you pass it? Do you pass it? Do you pass it to Faisal? <laughs> That's oh, the when English version. When I just pass it to Faisal, it, be, it translates into English. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Mine, Mine is Malay, yeah. Oh, that's true. Something. Can you say something for 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 mind map junkies like myself, yeah? Because <laughs> I like mind maps. So, so oh, when you talk about, okay. about routine the okay. uh, acts of 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 ibadah by Rasulullah SAW, so the scholars divide into two types: <laughs> the routine of Rasulullah. So one <laughs> is related to time. So what Rasulullah does at night when he wakes up in the morning, uh, from zuhur and zuhur until asar, so it's time based. And mm-hmm. another aspect is activity based. So that's uh, like his routine when he meets his family. What does he do? His routine when he eats. What does nice. he do? Yes. So this, mm. these are two routines of Rasulullah, and and they have books specifying these things. So mm. inshallah, today we will we also gonna cover a uh, mix a bit of both, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 So yeah, maybe just to share like what what is so powerful about this book called Hisnul Muslim or The Fortress yeah. of the Muslim or in Malay it's trans- translated as Perisai Muslim. So what it is is basically a compilation of all the different dhikr and acts of the sunnah from the hadith of what the Prophet Sallallahu used to say or do in those circumstances like Ami mentioned. Like when you wake up, when you enter the house, when you leave the house, when you go to the masjid, like all these different yeah. daily mundane things, there's a, there's a there's a dhikr attached to them. Yeah. yeah, it's like a yeah. collection of zikir for most of our routine, right? Most of yeah. Routine. I remember when yeah. when the first time I laid my eyes on this book, I picked it up and I and I actually awesome. looked at looked at the uh, table uh, contents. The, the table of contents, the index, yeah. 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 Subhanallah, uh, the first thing that came into my mind was that okay, bear in mind this was many many years ago when I was start just starting to practice mm-hmm. Islam, you know, a bit more seriously. So <laughs> I looked at the table of contents, I saw. You know, a zikir, you know, a dua, dua coming, you know, going to into the toilet and coming out of the toilet, and then you know, riding riding a beast or you know, getting on a car, and then you see um, what what do we, the zikir when one 
when one you know goes uh, when during traveling and that he for example he comes he, he goes up for example when when the people last time they used to ride the beasts the the, the camels and the horses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they used to climb up a hill so there is actually a zikir for that even for and that even for that and when yeah. coming down when yeah. coming down there's uh, there's also a zikir for that yeah. so you know basically what i'm what, what i'm uh, trying to say is that there is there is zikir there is an act of ibadah in everything little things that we do so you this is have the a zikir religion. when yeah. you are when you are ang- angry you know yeah yeah, yeah there <laughs> you go yeah, so there you go right <laughs> yeah. like uh, what does that you know strike me the most is that um, for example uh, you know for example pay up putting putting on a cloth putting on your your clothes right you yeah. even have a vehicle for that yeah, like yeah, for that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and also the vehicle is is, is uh, the vehicle the prophet taught us is is it's so amazing is because amazing, the prophet yeah. gives us option gives us varieties yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah match yeah. depending yeah. on our uh, yep. our commitment of the day something okay like say zikir after after our our fardu prayers i only have like five minutes so i i, I shot i shorten whatever zikir i have And yeah, mm, for instance, on, on weekends nice. we have more time. You can prolong. Uh, you can recite more longer versions of it. Yeah, yeah and all yeah, zikir. Yeah. If you look at it, the meaning is all beautiful and the rewards immense. What's our reward? You're talking about here. Talk about uh, uh, forgiveness, forgiveness of mm. sins of 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 all your of all your minor sins of, of much sins that you have done. Entry into Jannah, barakah in this life, barakah in the next life. So many rewards out of all simple words only of zikirullah. Yep. Right, Masha witness Allah. the baraka effect. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Also, okay. also, what amazes me about the book, right? Because, I mean, first, first and foremost, they, these are authentically narrated, uh, authentically attributed to Rasulullah SAW. So Allah you know that Allah. these are authentic uh, practices from Rasulullah, and these are such um, precise wording that that um, you know. For example, in the the invocations before eating, right? Mm. What Rasulullah used to practice is just to say Bismillah. Yes? This, mm. this is the Sunnah. So it's very precise in the mm. sense that this is exactly what Rasulullah said when he was about to eat, and therefore this is the best thing to be practiced before we eat, just to mm. say yeah. Bismillah, because you are precisely following the Sunnah. So yeah. therefore, the the rewards are even greater than if we want to add. More things to what we want to uh, recite during before uh, for uh, eating. I mean, yeah, but but it's uh, it's very precise. This is what amazes me. And and in this book, there's also uh, the meanings behind the wording. So when when we try to practice it in our lives, I remember when when we started practicing uh, the morning vicar, for example. Yeah. It, you can instantly see the meanings behind it for the ones like for us we don't really typically uh, are familiar with Arabic right um, you you see the meanings and you internalize the meanings so when you say this dhikr it's something you know profound like for example just take, to take uh, an example from the morning azkar uh, one of one of it is radi tu billahi robba wa bil islamidina wa bi muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam so So this is when you look into the meanings, right? I'm pleased as uh, Islam, ready to bilai Robba. Allah as my yeah. Lord, Islam as my religion, and uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as uh, my messenger, uh, the messenger of Allah. So when you reflect on these words, when you recite this in every morning and evening, 
you you it connects you with the sense of why in your in your ibadah and in your daily life that every morning and evening you are reminded of um the reason why you are here the the purpose of your actions and how you how you, how how is your attitude towards what uh ni'mah of islam that allah has given you right right um, i am pleased with what allah has given me from the greatest of the greatest of the ni'mah which is yeah. islam so this is something that mashallah when you reflect on these words when you recite it it's something uh, amazing and you know it it really brings brings such uh, sometimes you are, you are so amazed that it's you know there's, there's no words to describe it yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah what's so amazing as well is that actually a lot of zikr are very concise huh? they are very short like even you know to be like rabba bil islam dina wa bi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam you can teach a two year old that My son yeah. and you would recite that. Yeah, yes. you know? yeah, so no, we are recited it. Oh, okay, you saw the video. The videos. <laughs> yeah, and so how like think about a lot of the zikr are very concise. Like before you drink for it, Bismillah. After you drink, Alhamdulillah. That is so simple. You can teach a two-year-old how to do it. Yep. So it's so amazing, so beautiful, and how concise it is, right? And also, like if you look at some of them, are quite amazing. I'm re- I'm reading here. Like, even there's a there's a zikr like when you hear a dog bark at night. Subhanallah, you know, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very precise stuff. <laughs> yeah. And and this related this back to the idea of productivity, right? So, remember, like we speak about dhikr, right? So the idea here is to have remembrance of Allah, but if you don't have these triggers, so people in books about habits, they talk about habit triggers, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you don't have these triggers, you might not do those habits in the first place. So mm-hmm. what the the amazing thing about the sunnah is that it tells you all these different milestones in life which you do like in pretty much every like in everyday life you have multiple of these milestones like if you look at like what Shami said looking at the table of contents alone yeah I'll do I do a lot of this in a day right <laughs> yeah. so mm-hmm. if you like just memorize these very very short phrases right like yeah. it, it imbues you with like everyday life is always remembrance of Allah remembrance of Allah remembrance of Allah eventually the burdens of Islam become lighter because now you feel more and more motivated to do more good deeds because the more zikr yes. that you do the more investment that you have in your akhirah the more you look forward to that reward and you're more like hey I've done so much investment let's do a little bit more Ah, mm. productivity yeah. life hack. Yeah, There yeah. you go. Yeah. It makes yeah. our life more intentional, right? right. Remember what we do. Uh, yeah. We are not like zombies, right? Just go yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on autopilot. Yeah. On. yeah, and and thicker, right? It's also a solution to many of the problems that we face <clears> today. <throat> For example, uh, Allah mentions that in the remembrance of Allah, do hearts find rest. So thicker does this. It calms the heart mm, nice, and. Yes, yes. And for example, sometimes we go through slums or you know periods of laziness or things that become difficult for us. And dhikr is basically the answer because mm. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned in Sahih Muslim. Sometimes he said, he, he, "I perceive a veil over my heart, and I supplicate to Allah for forgiveness hundred times in a day." So dhikr helps uh, to to. Uh, To, this is this is the source of the barakah from Allah and the source of uh, that Allah gives you tawfiq in your actions in your everyday lives, right? And mm-hmm. also in another narration in Abu Dawood, also uh, Rasulullah mentioned that if anyone constantly seeks istighfar, so seeks forgiveness, essentially uh, do constant dhikr of forgiveness. Allah will appoint for him a way out of every distress and a relief from every anxiety and will provide sustenance for him from where he doesn't expect. So this is mashallah this is some a source of yeah. amazing barakah 
that you know you just have to inculcate the daily habit of seeking forgiveness of Allah uh, from Allah uh, uh, seeking istighfar and make it your daily habit inshallah this will help make your life easy you know and and you know uh, give you comf- a lot of comfort so this is another amazing uh, effect of zikr yeah also uh, just to relate it back to what people today follow right this on on that note about zikr so like people today talk about positive affirmations right people mm. say they always encourage you to say like oh it's going to be a great day you know mm-hmm. but then like what's the basis of that great day like what is this going to happen like you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. when you when you do what zikr, is a great day right yeah what is okay that's good <laughs> what is a great day and how is it going to come like mm-hmm. like there's no yeah, connection yeah. it's like just a statement in isolation and scientists say that just even those words even in isolation can improve mm. your mood but in the zikr of the morning right when you do that you you immediately like oh who is the controller mm-hmm. of the affairs of the heavens and the earth allah azza wa jalla allah mm-hmm. will make my day good allahumma inni as'aluka khayra hadha al-yawm oh allah mm-hmm. i ask you for the good of this day fathahu wa nasrahu wa nurahu the victory the light the barakah you're asking allah to give it to you that that you you know exactly the source of happiness and success and you have that now you you said those phrases now you ask him It's a different level of uh, optimism, yeah. Subhanallah. Mashallah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe since we're on the topic of uh, remembrance, vikir, uh, maybe we can touch a bit on um, that vikir, the meaning of vikir itself, right? Uh, what we've been talking about is that vikir that is said, you know, you, you, you mm-hmm. with, with the tongue, right? Subhanallah. All these things we utter it on a daily basis. But another aspect of vikir, the linguistic meaning of it, is actually you no, know, just remembering, you know. You don't have to utter anything. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly there's a one had one 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 sunnah that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says. You know, he said, uh, "Akfiru dhikrahadi min ladat al maut." He said, "So oh, oh okay. people, when people hear uh, maut, okay. you know, it, they, they immediately you know they become scared, right? But yes, yes. this is the thing in Islam, we balance between fear and hope. So mm-hmm. the fear we we balance it between uh, we balance between those two. So. What what does this mean when we remember death, right? We will, for example, just just go just go you know uh, think think of a person you know who's who's partying, right? They won't be they won't be thinking about death. They won't be thinking about they're they're drinking with their friends, you know, free mixing. They won't be thinking about death, right? So when you think about death, everything else becomes distasteful. Everything else becomes you know very bland. You know you won't be want you you won't you won't indulge in this. You know, uh, sins, so to speak, right? So this is the reason why uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you know, he has made it a sunnah. Actually, you know, this is one of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to remember death. So, especially in this time and age where you know we are, inshallah, will entering the phase of endemic phase of this uh, COVID 19 right? Previously, many months ago, we've been even our friends and family, even our neighbor, you know, they they. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took their lives, you know, in front of our, literally, quite literally in front of our eyes, right? We see some videos sometimes, people just drop to death. Wallahu alam by, you know, maybe COVID-related uh, diseases. But the point here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this opportunity to practice this sunnah, to remember death, because death can come at any time. You you don't know after this, you know, you, you might be watching and wallahu alam, right? So... This is the opportunity that we must, you know, um, take and not only, not only even inshallah after after COVID has become normalized, we still the sunnah still stands. We 
not uh, we we don't have to wait until something bad happens you know something you know a tragedy happens right but we have it in mind because what essentially the remembering we, we remember death so that you know we feel scared like oh man i'm not doing enough i'm not doing enough so what can i do to increase my deeds my good deeds so there is you know the sunnah for example the hasnu muslim book the, the brothers have shown mashallah <laughs> these things that we can literally practice them you know at any time of the day yeah. like there are things that are specific to each activity like brother amir highlights yeah. and there are things that you can do it literally any time of the day and if we just hold on to this book inshallah you know it's, it's such a life changing it's such it's such a life changing book that we inshallah we must own and yeah. also what this leads to inshallah it leads to us having taqwa of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when when we have the taqwa we have the drive we have the drive to do more good deeds so that's why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions in the quran ya ayuhal ladhina amanu taqullaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat lighat so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says oh the people who believe right have taqwa of allah fear allah you know have conscious be conscious of him because and and put forth and let them see of the things that they put forth for the day of judgment on the day of judgment when when uh, when 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 we will be judged so we will finally see like what are the actions that we have we have been doing the deeds that we have been doing are the good deeds outweigh the bad deeds so this is the one that this is what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala essentially wants us as believers to think about mm-hmm. and the prompt is like what the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says you know, remember death then death will prompt you to think of these things mm-hmm. now what have i done you know what mm-hmm. uh, what what can what can i do to increase my iman and to increase my good deeds mm. so these are the things that it is subtle things you know such things like this that many many people unfortunately they don't want to think about they don't they don't want to think about death mm. but this is essentially is unavoidable we are mortals we are mortals until we reach jannah inshallah together you know we can live happily ever after as they say in the fairy tales right mm. so just want to mention one more thing besides his muslim you don't if you don't have the book don't worry you can download it on uh for example you know you can download it on you know apple uh, and android you have uh, the google google store right and also mm-hmm. if you do have google, uh if you do have a kalbi app if you haven't downloaded it already you know there's a section that you can actually go down mm-hmm. and you know uh, search for all the zikr all the azkar the remembrance that we have mentioned or those that we haven't mentioned and do us Yeah, our favorite app, mashallah, tabarakallah. Yeah. Let's repeat that yeah. one more time. So that's Kalbi app. Yeah, Kalbi app, yeah. Q-A-L-B-Y-A-P-P, right? Yeah. yeah. I think I think the listeners maybe, oh, I think there is so much uh, these brothers are saying that, oh, this zikir, that zikir, just relax. Right? You do it just relax, step yeah. by step, one by one. At your own pace. Yeah. One dua at a time, right? And what is what yeah, is uh, special about this app the 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 qalbi app that you can you can you can look at uh, up from below you can click the dua you can see you have a zikir for morning you can mm-hmm. just just do it step by step one by one and what i like about this app is that they have a reference inside for every dua mm-hmm. you yeah, see the yeah. reference right yeah, from, yeah. from which hadith why this is uh, why what why why is the 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 zikir is so powerful so you can you can you can you can just check it check it out uh, meaning, it. meaning yeah. the fadilat behind the zikir because not a lot of yes. apps the benefits uh, uh, have right. this one not yeah, a lot of yeah. apps put the references of the zikr mm. there yeah, you know that's true, so yeah. here this is a good source of knowledge uh, 
for those who uh, just wanted to have a look in how to start to implement the vicar yeah. you can see the meanings the the uh, benefits mm-hmm. and also the references that's yeah. important and if you are if you are um uh, try to memorize any of this zikir and if you have memorized you can mark it here then you know ah, okay. how many oh, how many you <laughs> memorize <Yeah. laughs> it's like a check this oh i memorized this yeah how to memorize ah, okay, the other okay. subhanallah mashallah yeah, is amazing Yeah, you can you can click like hips and then it parks mm. that specific zikr under that category. Yes. So that's one thing like as as he's saying like that's that's how I used to memorize the morning adhkar. I wouldn't memorize all in one go, yeah. but I would make an effort. But I'll just do like one zikr at a time. I remember the <laughs> best one I we did was when we went for umrah. So like every, one day one one zikr, one day oh, one zikr, okay. and by the time we finish like oh the the entire morning zikr is done. Like I memorize, so I that's a that's a capital that I use in Malaysia, you know. So, mm-hmm. but, so that's something that we can try and implement. Like one week just one zikr, yeah. alhamdulillah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also you know I mean, moving with this, it's also important to teach the people around us of this knowledge, right? Especially oh, yeah. for children. Mm. I recall one one uh, brother Faisal the other day he related that uh, how how he, he taught his son to recite uh, the the recitation when you are sneezing is it brother yeah, Faisal yeah, that's right. yeah 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 that's that's something so profound because okay you you firstly you are teaching your children uh, the the sunnah so basically every time they are implementing it or practice practicing it throughout their lives inshallah you will get the reward firstly yeah. and and also that the sunnah of the the sneezing is something profound because it's something of making dua to each other the one who listens yeah. to it and the one who is uh, receiving it right so perhaps you can you can elaborate something on that how 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 is it brother faisal yeah yeah because you know you like children i mean not just children we we sneeze a lot yeah i mean in in a week right? <laughs> can you imagine like every time you sneeze you say alhamdulillah okay no maybe, okay your, your your child so he's three years old now so he says alhamdulillah and then you 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 make dua for your son yarhamukallah muawiyah How often do we say yarhamukallah to our family members you know so it's as if Allah is giving us that trigger for you, us to yeah. ask for mercy of Allah to our children or family members by that by this dhikr so we make dua yarhamukallah and then you teach him to 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 say the the, the other phrase yahdikumullah yuslih balakum wow i have just taught my son to make dua for me which i want him to do after i die i get yeah, that i get that habit now so subhanallah that that is amazing and and even when we sneeze right i, I try to teach him the other answer so i say alhamdulillah and he's the one who makes dua ya rahmukallah abah oh nice <laughs> and i make dua again yahdikumullah yuslih balakum so it it becomes is like How often do you say yahdikumullah yuslih balakum to someone? The problem about us these days, right? When we see people who are going astray or deviant, then we say, "Oh may Allah guide uh, them." What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only, only that time. Only that yeah. time, right? That's the. Yeah. So yeah. Actually, because it's something that we need every single moment of our life, oh, right? Yeah. So, so this Absolutely. is not something defensive to be defensive about. Yeah. And also, coming back to that, like. Making du'a to your kids, also the parents du'a to the kids. Ooh, this is true, this something uh, very very beneficial, inshallah, for the kids yes, as well. Yes. And so, also about memorizing, oh, oh. Uh, I mean, uh, memorizing zikir. Yeah, so yeah. The scholars mention sometimes after memorizing the Quran, they told children to memorize the zikir first. Mm. Oh, as a reason to that, because mm. in life sometimes our iman is up and sometimes our iman are down. But if during the hardest when our, our iman is at the lowest point and we are Maybe surrounded by so many maksiat, 
Yeah, but if we continue doing that zikir, maybe Allah will not, our heart will not be hardened. Oh, Ooh, nice. Oh, nice. And we keep it a routine. So that's why they always, it's one of the important steps, one of the early uh, education uh, st- uh, phase, uh, maybe uh, uh, well, after memorizing Quran or while memorizing Quran, is to memorize the, the daily afkar. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, wow. so, yeah, all in all, it's so profound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Brother Faisal, you want to say something just now? <sighs> Right. Yeah. So for example, simple things, right? Like you teach your son or your 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 daughter, right? Even a toddler can, you know, even even an infant knows. Uh, you, you can teach them yeah. this. Like before they say drink, just say Bismillah, and then say then after they say Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. You look at the Hadith, right? The Prophet says, whoever does this, like before you drink, say Bismillah, and then after you drink, say Alhamdulillah, or even before you eat and after you eat, Allah will be pleased with that person. Like that's amazing, you know. Rabbul Alamin will be pleased with you for saying these two phrases, which you can teach to an infant. Come on, yeah, man! Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, like just, just like uh, my son, uh, my my younger son is uh, one years old. It's almost two. Oh, so since since he was an infant, I always uh, give uh, give him bath before I enter the toilet. I would say, Allah may inni to become a khubsi wal khabaeis. Then okay. now, uh, if you want to go to the uh, to take bath to go to the toilet. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Is, is, is. <laughs> uh, so, so I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's the one who reminds you, yeah. Okay. Sometimes these things are, I mean, these sites are, are cute, like for sometimes you no know, kids they wake up at night, they need to go to the to the loo, to the toilet, yeah. Then you just, I mean, from, from you just watch them from afar. Yeah? So, but after they was about to to enter the toilet, suddenly they stop. Oh, 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 Okay, okay, nice. That 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 essentially also comes back to, uh, you know, there was the dua that give my uh, make my family the coolness of my eyes. Oh, the yeah, coolness yeah. of my eyes here means when you see your family practicing the the oh, deen, yeah. practicing the religion mm-hmm. in the way it's supposed to be practiced. This yeah. becomes something that comforts your heart. You know, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhuriyatina qurrata ayun. So this is essentially what the meaning of the coolness of the eyes is to to see that your family is upon the obedience of Allah, and and essentially, you know, perhaps this is something that uh, there's no no feeling that can match this, right? Yeah, so, and so as something like Aziz is saying, it's so it's so awesome. You know, kids, right? They like to prove their parents wrong sometimes. Like, they like to oh, okay. <laughs> teach their parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it yeah, gives yeah, them yeah. the, yeah, you're dead. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, like, so I, I remember, like, even, I, it's, it's so beautiful when these kind of moments happen because it it, it, it it tells you that, alhamdulillah, at least some of what we're trying to teach, it sticks to them. So, like, we we, we train, like, Muawai to recite the, 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 whenever he enters the car, we recite that, subhanallah, sakharna. Sometimes we forget, right? And, he's like, yes, and, yes. and then he's the one who's like, Abba, dua, oh, Okay. <laughs> okay. Kids like this, right? Like kids love that yeah. opportunity and and I love that opportunity to say like, oh, I, I made a mistake. Thank you, Muawiyah. Then, and then, then, you know, it becomes this very positive kind of atmosphere, you know? Mashallah. So, yeah, subhanallah. It's, it's also, it all gives them the sense of, you know, enthusiasm to, uh, to practice that, you know, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be practicing when I reach the car, when, I, when I'm about to enter the toilet. 
So yeah, <laughs> it gives yeah. them that sense of uh, you know the the gira for the sunnah from an early age. Yeah. So, and, so and also, also. A reminder. Also a reminder. Mm. If for instance you do something wrong, you, uh, you know that. Speaking about that, I remember my my elder son when when I, yeah, sometimes I was so hungry that I eat without uh, without saying Bismillah. Right? <laughs> ba 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 ba. Don't forget to read Bismillah. Not Bismillah only, ah. Bismillah ya awal huwal akhir. Very precise there. Mashallah. Kids like that. They, they love to when they see uh, their, their parents make mistake. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> kids, kids also they they don't mince their words, right? Sometimes adults which are uh, like like they all okay. cover, cover, right? Cover. Yeah, this yeah, might yeah, hurt yeah. people's feelings. Kids, mm. just say it how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Helping one another in taqwa, yeah. Mashallah, yeah. amazing, amazing. Yeah, speaking about this, like children, right? One of the sunnah that I try to implement a lot is by is practice giving salams at home. So in general, right, it's about the sunnah of the mannerisms in greeting our family members. So I, I try to do this all the time. And, and just one of the things that I observe is that I, I observe a lot of Muslim families, they kind of don't really greet their family members that much. So we just kind of, you know, like we just pass each other and then like, oh, you know, like it's not really a, a tradition. So that's what I try to do. So even though we're working from home, right, even though I'm going to just enter the room where I'm going to work, I'll, I will say, Assalamu alaikum, bye Muawiyah, I'm going to kiss him. It's like, Aba pergi mana? There, <laughs> you know, I just I just make it a a point all the time. And when he even like when I'm working and he comes into the room, I will give him salam, and I I keep this up as a practice. Oh hi Maawiya, and then you know like, like like keep it as a practice. And even like when I leave the 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 the, the office that I'm working in, and when I'm working from home, I just go downstairs maybe to get a glass of water or get some fruit or something. I'll make it an, I'll make it a point to say salam to them, mm-hmm. and I realize that this habit really sticks. So, so a lot of times he's on aba assalamu alaikum so that's that's really nice you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to keep up this culture and this is where i remind myself it's it's for us to be the change that we want to see in people we we acknowledge that you know muslims are not giving enough salams we be that change at least in our family and this is so amazing because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says don't consider any of your deeds to be insignificant even if it's to meet your brother with a cheerful face Why don't we meet our family with a cheerful face? Just go ah. out, you know, like out from the room. Nah, assalamualaikum. Yeah, give them a hug. You know, little things like this, right? You know, even at the workplace, you can have a huge impact, right? Imagine mm. how much of an impact have to your family. Subhanallah. <laughs> I, there's a hadith that's so amazing, right? Aisha narrated this. The Prophet, how he used to greet Fatima. Have you guys seen this hadith? So. When when Fatima would come, by the way, this is Aisha narrating. That means the Prophet was probably 60 years old, yeah, a grown-up man, and Fatima was a grown-up woman, right? When the Prophet, when Fatima would come, the Prophet would stand up, and then greet her, uh, stand up, go to her, kiss her, took her hand, and then let let her sit beside him. That's the way that the Prophet Inshallah. would greet Fatima. This is the Prophet, yeah. This is the the leader of the the entire nation at the time, yeah. Like he would do this for his daughter, right? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. And then Aisha. Now, <laughs> now, sorry, sorry. Nowadays it will be strange if you. Uh, It, it, it's it's not normal. Yeah, it Some, seems strange, right? Yeah, <laughs> like he, he's giving respect to 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 his daughter. Right? He's, he's, yeah, he's standing standing up. Yes, ah, yeah, yeah. Look at the respect. Allah. Oh man! Can I tell one story? This is a story about what Sheikh Razak Al Badar, in his young, in his youth, his teacher was Sheikh Albani. Yeah. So they were walking together to the mosque. I think it was uh, in Medina. So they were they were they were separated by a wall. 
So so before that they meet, they say assalamualaikum. Oh, okay. Then they walk, and then there was a I think it was a wall or obstruction by people. So they had to <laughs> then they had to <laughs> diverge. Yeah. Then they they come back. Then Syed Albani make salam back to Syed Duraza, the the young Syed Duraza. And Syed Duraza, the young Syed Duraza. Oh, what do you? I we didn't. I just make salam. You make salam to me before this. Then Syed Albani uh, recited the hadis like um, uh, hadis of Abu Abu Hurairah say whoever meets his brother. Let him greet him with salam. Even a tree or wall comes between them. That he meets him again. Let him greet him with salam. Mashallah. I just know. I just know. I just know. Yeah, yeah. I just knew oh, it now okay. as well. Oh, okay. Mashallah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just to continue as well. The narration about Fatima, right? So Aisha used to observe how Fatima would greet the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and so so she made this observation. And when when the Prophet came to Fatima, she would greet him, stand up, and kiss him. But she oh. won't do the other stuff that he would do. Can you imagine? So, so a daughter to a father, you would think like the daughter would do more, right? But so oh, the yeah, father yeah, did yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love this because it teaches us as parents don't have that entitlement mindset. You <clears> do more. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, so yeah. hey, I'm your dad. Yeah. Come on, like do do extra. On, no, you do yeah. more. Allah loves that. Mm. What you want to do? I should sit do... on your chair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, like, like after giving salam, the, the amount of love sometimes you you, you can feel it. Yeah, that sometimes mm-hmm. like yeah, maybe yeah. the person that you give salam is maybe a janitor. Like sometimes we we have uh, yeah. uh, some of our Muslim brothers who works as a maybe a cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe they have long beards, huh? and, yeah. and nobody give him salam. But one day he just meet him, say assalamualaikum. Then he will, waalaikumussalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. He give, he answers you longer, and he, how are you? <laughs> yep, yep, he's yep, so, yep. He's so proud that, that that you are giving him salam, and 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 he, and, yeah. and yeah. you can actually feel that the, the love, the connections that you have with, the, with him at that, at that time, mashallah. Mashallah, mashallah. That's why I want to read a hadith. It's so so beautiful. He said that the Prophet mm-hmm. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, "You won't enter paradise until you have iman, and you won't have iman." Hatta tahabu until you love one another, oh, and the kicker is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, "Do you want me to teach you something that if you do this, it increases love amongst you?" Afshus salam abaynakum. Spread the salam. Subhanallah. Inshallah. Imagine, like Ami said, you greet a strange, a stranger, right? Even that mm-hmm. can bring so much positivity. How much more impact do you think this will have to your family members? Wow, you know, Inshallah. that's amazing, you know. Maybe just yeah. building upon <laughs> upon giving salam to people. I think this falls under the category of the Prophet Sallallahu when he said al kalimat kalimatu tayyibat sadaqah, giving you know just uttering nice. good words is sadaqah. So subhanallah, we can yeah. One of them is this you know just giving salam to your family members. Like if you haven't done it already, like you know, follow the follow the sunnah. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. And your friends, your colleagues, right? Yeah. But also yeah. also what I what I came across one hadith, but This hadith, you know, is really profound to me because it shows that when saying saying good words to people, it doesn't have to be, you know, when you're meeting them for the first time. We'll say, Assalamualaikum, how are you doing? Oh, mashallah, you look, uh, you uh, you know, you look you look so you're radiant or stuff like this, right? But also in times in in times that are in moments that are critical or you know moments that are heat, heat, heating up. For example, I have an example from a hadith. Uh, narrated in Sahih Muslim, where Abu Abu Masoud Al Badri, the companion of the Prophet Sallallahu uh, he said, "Kuntu adribu gulaman li bisaut." He said, "I was beating my slave with a whip when I heard a voice behind me. Right? When I heard a voice behind me that says, 'Understand, Abu Masoud, or please understand, Abu Masoud.' But he said, 'I did I did not recognize that voice due to my intense anger.' He said, due to my intense anger. So he, Abu Masoud, uh, had said." As he came nearer to me, then I realized that the voice came from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So what he said, he immediately and and 
the Prophet Sallallahu was saying, bear in mind, or remember Abu Mas'ud, bear in mind. He continue to uh, re re repeat that. Right? So Abu Mas'ud said when he heard the Prophet Sallallahu say that, he quickly took his whip and he threw it far away from him. Like he's really like, suddenly he felt really, you know, um, takut lah, you know, very, very scared mm. of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Right. But, but, the, the the point here is that what the Prophet ﷺ, how he advised Abu Mas'ud, this is the important point that I'm getting at. He said, bear in mind Abu Mas'ud, he said, verily Allah has more dominance upon you than you have upon your slave. Mm. That's so simple, but so scary. But the way it's said, it's uttered, you know, it doesn't, it's kalimatu tayyibah, it's a good word. It's not mm. like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm. Just put, put the whip away. Right? Some, some people, mm. they might say these kind of things. Or with the children, or with the uh, housemates, sometime, right? And then the, uh, Abu Masood said, "I would, I would never beat my servant in the future." And he didn't, and he never did, and he never did after that. Amazing. So Subhanallah, these things, uh, you know, in, in it's in the nuances in the in the Sunnah in the Hadith. When yeah. you read it, we yeah. will understand that the mannerism of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he is the embodiment of the Quran, the akhlaq. That it has, subhanallah. So this is not Ibn Masud, right? This is a different This sahabat. is Abu Masud. Yeah. Yeah. This is Abu Masud al-Badri. Yeah. Uh, Abdullah bin Masud. Yeah, maybe to generalize this, I think it's so amazing. When you talk about sunnah as well, people kind of neglect this part, which is the, the way the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi used to treat people. In, in other yeah. words, the emotional intelligence. That's the word yes. we use these days, right? Mm. EQ. Oh, he was a master class in EQ, man. The yeah. way he spoke to people, the specific wordings that he gave. We want to learn from this. It's not just the the, the 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 rituals and mashallah, which is which is definitely part of that as well. But yeah, these are the mannerisms which you want to learn, like how he used to interact with people. He used to win hearts by this kind of thing. Like he used to yep. transform that person's behavior with that with that kind of response. Abu Mas'ud, right? Subhanallah. Yeah, yeah, Abu Mas Subhanallah. And that also comes into the, the category of when when we give advice to people, right? Um, to be sincere in giving advice is also mm. to give advice in the best way. And this, subhanAllah, yep. I, I can relate to it from something that happened to me some, some many years ago. Uh, and it was in Masjid al-Haram. Uh, and I was uh, drinking from the Zamzam. But subhanAllah, from one way or another, I, I was drinking from my left hand, subhanAllah. It's Masjid al-Haram, subhanAllah. And then this brother came up to me in the, in the most pleasant way and the most uh, soft way and said, brother, uh, uh, you should uh, drink in with your right hand, and and what left, uh, you know, what made an impression on me was how how he was. You can sense his sincerity in giving that advice and his softness, mm. and, and and you know, and his uh, adab in giving the advice. In the sense that, to this moment, I can vividly or distinctly remember that scene and how his advice has impacted me from that moment on up till today. So, wow. you know, um, and, and every time uh, I hope for uh, that Allah rewards him that every time I take a drink with my right hand, uh, Allah will also reward him for the advice that he gave me. So, so that's something that's profound in the sense that he, perhaps to him, it's just something that he just uttered, took one minute of his life, right? And, and it doesn't really made, a, made an impact to him at that moment of time. But to the to the receiver of the advice, the way he gave the advice made so much impact that I I feel the impacts the positive impacts up till today. 
and and we hope that Allah, you know, uh, rewards those who have given us good advice, and and without diminishing it in any any bit, you know. So, can can I give a person the experience to that? Mm. So it was it was during Hajj. So sometimes people, uh, it was Hajj, and people were crowding and were pushing. So the person at the back of me, uh, my wife was in front of me, and there was a, a man behind me who was quite big. Mm. And, and he was Bigger trying than to you? push me. <laughs> Bigger than me. I think he was one head uh, taller than me. Oh. So he was pushing okay. me. I was like, oh, I have a woman in front of me, my wife. Mm-hmm. I, I can't go any, any faster, yeah? Then I said, okay. Then I turned to him. I said, Assalamualaikum. May Allah grant your, make your haji mabrur. Then he looked at me and said, ah, oh, Uh, uh, same to you. Then he hold my hand. Mashallah. Reminds me Amazing. of a, of a wow. ayah in the Quran. Uh, I, I can't recall. Repel evil with kindness. Mm, surah Fusilat. Surah Fusilat. Yeah. Ah yes, mashallah. So this is an amazing exemplica- exemplification of how we can put that into practice in our daily lives. Yeah? Yeah. Sunnah. It's sunnah as well, right? Yeah. Mashallah. Yeah. So, uh, there are so many sunnah that we can practice. You know, just gotta know about it. Yeah. Talking about uh, the the ethics of talking, yeah, because some like uh, so was this book about about uh, seven eight ethic etiquettes by uh, Sheikh Usaimi that he tried to compile in a in a very concise manner for all the the common ethics. Yeah? One of it mm. etiquettes one is about talking, yeah. So he said the prophet mm. when he speaks, yeah, he always maintain eye contact. Ooh, yes. Oh yes. Uh, and That's he always hard. listens and and never interjects. He never interjects, <laughs> and he turns his body towards you. I remember this in Shamail at Trimidi. Like every time you speak to him, like he he looks at you. He doesn't do this, ah, huh? like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we do that all the time, right? So, no, no, we do this, we do this. Ah, exactly. No, we do this, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the phone, with the. Yeah. You finish oh, it. You finish it. You finish it. <laughs> yeah, and then if you, you know how like iPhones, right? They pop up the message. You can see, right? So when you're speaking, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, ding. Then you, uh, nah, you read the you read the text. Oh, this is so, so bad, so bad. Okay. Like, even even the etiquettes of speaking, right? The Prophet says you, you you shouldn't have secret conversations. If you have three people, don't speak two of you because you might make uh, the third person feel sad. This is exactly yeah. what you're doing when you're looking at your phone. Yeah, when you're speaking to somebody, you're making that person feel sad. These are etiquettes which are taught 1,400 years ago, and we here 2021 we are <coughs> lousy at this. Yeah, we should yes, make a snippet out, uh, out of this. <laughs> Mashallah. Also, also I guess to uh, go on to uh, another aspect of the sunnah, which is uh, when you are in the mornings, right? Mm. There's so many nice. angles from the sunnah that uh, that gives a lot of uh, Attention to the morning. For example, uh, when we mentioned before that uh, Rasulullah made a dua to Allah that Oh Allah bless my ummah in their early morning. So we know from this fact that the early mornings or the first thing that you do in the morning are uh, the most the uh, sense where it's the most barakah is contained in it, right? So you want as a person you want to start your morning in the best way, and this is also known in in practical tips of other than the deen as well, right? Everyone will say that if you start your morning right, this is the best way to start the day, right? But um, 
just wanted to uh, bring some attention to to a sunnah that perhaps perhaps nowadays it's it's forgotten or uh, a bit um, forgotten in our society that it comes to the fact of uh, productivity in ibadah as brother aziz mentioned as well mm-hmm. so there is a hadith from rasulullah sallam that he oh, mentions sir. that whoever prays fajr in congregation then sits in his place remembering allah until the sun rises and prays two rakaahs he will have a reward like that of hajj and umrah complete 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 and he mentioned three times to emphasize that this is this is exactly like the reward of hajj and umrah mm. that you can attain every single morning right yeah. this is something that um you know when you try to practice this sunnah it also brings so much positivity in the morning in the sense that mm. you know that you feel after after the the salat of the it's called salatul israq effectively it's salat duha but done in the earliest possible time so mm. around 15 or 20 minutes after the the sun has risen right mm-hmm. and two rakah prayer so so between the fajr salah and until that moment you sit in your place remembering allah you can do any zikr or uh, reciting the quran any act of remembrance of allah until that time so effectively this is starting your day remembering allah right mm-hmm. until the sun rises and and then you uh, firstly you pray fajr in congregation that there's also a sunnah that this is uh, is mm. actually wajib a sunnah that is wajib that mm. is uh, perhaps lost in our society in general nowadays but mm. uh, so sit in your place when you pray congregation congregation during fajr up till uh, performing salatul israq inshallah you will find so many benefits um, also um, in to start your day right you know you feel so much sense of optimism um mm. everything you know just try to practice it you know it feels like allah makes what comes after that becomes easy for you you know like mm. there's a sense of you are you are in tune you know so subhanallah i invite all the listeners out there to practice and in something uh, i also wish i can practice more uh, that i i think i don't practice as much as uh, Uh, I should be, and uh, this is uh, Sheikh Bin Bas commented on this prayer. He said this prayer is mustahab, so it's a very highly recommended sunnah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and to relate it from the story from our salaf, this also ties into how uh, Sheikh Sheikh Al Islam Ibn Taymiyah spent his mornings. He mm. used to sit remembering oh. Allah um, after Fajr prayer. you know uh, and and this is exemplified one uh, in one instance when uh, al imam ibn qayyim rahimahullah he he wanted to ask uh, sheikh ibn islam ibn taymiyah a question uh, mm-hmm. and and he found uh, ibn taymiyah to to be sitting remembering allah and he was too afraid to approach him and and, and until he finished uh, sheikh al islam ibn taymiyah he said how long have you been here Uh, and then Ibn Qayyim said, since such and such. Yeah, the other way around, right? Ibn Qayyim asked Ibn Taymiyyah, right? Um, yeah, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Ibn, Ibn, Ibn Taymiyyah is the one, Ibn Taymiyyah was the one doing the zikr. And it was yeah. student Ibn Qayyim that was asking him, how long have you been here, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, perhaps I, I've got the, 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 the sequence a bit wrong there. But uh, in, in essence, that 
Sheikh Ibn, Sheikh Ibn Taymiyyah said uh, to him that this is my breakfast. You know, if I do not take my breakfast, I would not have strength to work that day. So this mm-hmm. is how our scholars of the past, uh, our Salaf, they, they place so much importance in this starting the morning right according to the sunnah of Rasulullah SAW. Mm. So, so and, oh. and for this reason also, this is also part when uh, Ibn, Ibn Taymiyyah said, you know, very, verily to Allah, uh, you know, it, there's a paradise in this world and whoever does not enter it will not enter the paradise of the next life. So oh, this Allah. gives him a lot of sense of calmness and this sets him right for the day to to start the day right yeah so so this is something amazing from from the sunnah that we can try to implement in our everyday lives mashallah talking about some starting your day right a day right yeah it started right at waking up yeah and sometimes the things that we do and when we wake up when we woke up is what we have been done since kids yeah but we never realized that actually what what the prophet does as well so for instance i'll give you two two example what the prophet does when he wakes up so when he wakes up He actually rubs his face, rubs his eyes, just to remove the sleepiness, as uh, as uh, reported by uh, by Ibn Abbas. Mm-hmm. But so if you do it out of trying to follow Rasulullah SAW, inshallah you you get some some sort of reward from there. Uh, And yeah, apart from sure. that, Rasulullah when he wakes up, practicing certain doa and zikir whatsoever, he will see what makes you what. Or, or now this what we can do is can brush our teeth. Oh, yeah. So these yeah. are things that we will do it. Even before this podcast, yeah. So now we do it with yeah. proper proper intention. Uh, yeah, see there is intention, right? Intending to make it an act mm-hmm. of worship. Yeah, I want to share one sunnah which is very significant in my life. When we speak about reviving the sunnah, the one that has the biggest impact in my personal life is about keeping the beard. Oh, uh, right. So, okay. <laughs> I don't know how yeah, you guys yeah, can relate. Yeah. Paradigm shift. The big oh, step to take. Oh, big step in my life. And I think this is the number one thing after Quran and after, after Quran and about music. So I think this is the the biggest one. I remember like one of our friends, the, the, how this all started was, we, we were all starting to study the deen together, but kind of still in the, our old lifestyles. So one of our friends, he he started studying about keeping the beard, about sunnah, keeping the beard. And he told us about this and that and how it's wajib, you know, according to the four madhahib, the four madhabs and, uh, you know, how important it is. And then eventually I was the one, you know, me being me, I was trying to fatwa shopping my way out of it, right? So, so he said, uh, but brother, brother, what if I want, I just want to trim my beard, you know, so I, I want to, you know, look tidy and look good. And then he said something I'll never forget. He said, you want to look good for who? Uh, wow. wow. <laughs> that, that, that was a shot to the heart, man. Like, like it's true, right? Like, what, who do we look good for? What is our standard of good looks? Our standard of good looks, good looks is what? Men's Health Magazine? Cosmo? Like, mm. what is this? Mm. You know, our standard of good looks is how Allah defined how a man should look. That's what really paradigm shift, you know. Allah is saying through His Prophet wasalam, this is how you should you should look, which is to keep your beard, let your beard grow and trim your mustache. That was like, wow, that would really hit me in the face, man. So when I finally kept, kept reading about this, he gave me a small booklet about this, keeping a beard. And I was like, okay, I was convinced. This was no joke. I had to do this. Like, even if people are not going to do it, if people around me are not doing it, that, that's inconsequential. I see it now, submit now, I thought, now I'm going to give it a try. So I, I tried it up. And I kept my beard, so I thought, okay. And in my mind, you see, you have to remember my frame of mind back then. I wasn't really a very practicing Muslim. I was kind of just doing the basics. So when I was doing something that was sunnah, I was thinking like, oh, mashallah, you know, people are going to love this, right? Like, 
you know people are going to think that oh he's finally doing something religious you know maybe mm. i might even inspire other people to follow right No, that's absolutely not what happened. <laughs> that was all of the comments Contrary that I... to the fact. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, we always think like this, right? Oh, if we become more religious, if we start spreading the deen, people will start to love us and, you know, accept you. Right. Accept you all. Oh, oh, no. Life will be good. Life will be good. Oh, Everything will come yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's not what's gonna. That's not what happened to me. So yeah. Subhanallah, almost all of the remarks I got were very negative, very condescending, very disrespectful remarks. The only neutral remark that I got was from a non-Muslim colleague. So she was a senior engineer. So she was like, "Oh, new look, huh, Faisal? That's it." All the everyone else who gave comments to me by the Muslims were derogatory comments. Things like, "Oh, you look like a kambing, like a goat." Oh man, there was one one of uh, one Muslim colleague who says, "Oh, you look like Abraham Lincoln." You know, it's 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 really really. I, I got one very funny one. So you decided to 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 keep the, the other I mean the wrong hair long. The wrong hair. Yeah, yeah. These are really really hurtful remarks. And I remember one like this. Uh, one of our HR HR was it a manager? Yeah, HR manager said to me, took to my face, and it looks so messy. Get rid of it. ฮู้ยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้ยยูโอ้
<laughs> and the remark was like, oh, why why on earth is that tablir guy pretending to be a rock star? Something like that, you know? <laughs> oh man, that hurt my feelings so much, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but subhanallah, that, that kind of forced me, you know, that, that, that is that beard that got me that label and it's that label that, that made me so discomfort that it made me completely abandon music altogether. So, was, you know, subhanallah, that, that was like the fit, final nail in the coffin, like, oh, you want to practice the sunnah and do this haram? Come on, bro. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> so, subhanallah. And I learned so many other things just by keeping a beard, right? I made so many relationships with the beard because, uh, because I remember around that time as well, it was my housemate that helped me uh, bring me to the masjid to pray. And then I, I, I want to tell this story, but I don't think we have enough time to do this, but he, go, he would go to the masjid all the time, yeah? And then, uh, but <laughs> it's the thing, right? I used to play video games at home and he used to borrow my car to go to the masjid. <laughs> <laughs> so bad, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> and I used to feel like mashallah he's using my car I get the reward I, I didn't do it <laughs> that was so stupid right? <laughs> but then one day one day Allahu Akbar he was like I was playing games and he was like bro why don't you follow me to the masjid and I was like yeah why don't I and I kept it down and I followed him to the masjid ever since then I would go to the masjid every day like, and <laughs> so it's a similar story to uh, what, what Reza is saying, right? So anyway, so as I, as I was going to the masjid, right? And I was growing this beard slowly, right? And and it's interesting, right? Suddenly those people who you just meet at the masjid who never greet you, suddenly when you have a beard, it's like, Assalamu alaikum, how are you? Like, yeah, wait a minute, like last week I was here. <laughs> like no, nobody <laughs> greets me, you know? So like I get a lot of these random encounters and like, like Ame is saying, you know? When you see somebody with a beard, you have an inclination to give them salams. And I got that, you know? Like... I get that all the time, even today. If I go to to, to fill petrol in in in, in, the, in the petrol station, right? Usually Bangladeshi brothers, they're like, Salamu alaikum, Sheikh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You go to the supermarket and suddenly from from the from behind, people will say, Salamu alaikum. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's nice. a sense of brotherhood there, isn't that's it? Right, yeah, that's right. yeah. It's, it's almost as if they know, I, it's, it's almost as if they're saying like telepathically, like, I know what you've been through, man. Respect. You know, it's like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, at least that's in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least. <laughs> you know, this, this thing, beard, right? It looks so simple. But what I learned from all this, right? This entire experience, right? This entire thing about Islamic appearance, whether it's hijab, niqab, you know, even wearing your pants above your ankles, you know, not having isbal, I mean, and mm. keeping the beard. It's more than just what you see on the surface. It's more than just hair on your chin. It's yeah. this is our izza. This is our identity that the Prophet gave you and me. This is yeah, our like, honor. This is our honor. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Izza means honor, right? Yeah. So you know, like it, it just dawned on me, right? When I was, you know, into music, you know, how proud are we when we follow our celebrities, their lifestyles, their hairdo? Mm. You know, we wear t-shirts. I used to wear t-shirt like Metallica. You know, like oh, this kind of <laughs> things. We are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we used to emulate their mannerisms, their speech. Mm. Subhanallah, how much are we doing that with the Prophet That is embarrassing how poorly we have that izzah, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. So, I oh mean, you know, so this thing about beard is, is so profound to me in my life. And I invite the listeners out there, if, if you don't have it yet, start now. For the men, of course. Come on. But, <laughs> Come on. All right. But yeah. About to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, your life will change. Wallahi, it changed so much for me. I learned so much about life, about the deen. Oh man, this is so amazing. So, and, and, and for the sisters as well, it's, you know, hijab is not just about a cloth on your head. It's more than that. And if you make that leap, you will learn so much about your life and about yourself. So yeah, this is something aspects about reviving the sunnah that people don't see until you actually do it yourself. Mashallah. Yeah. 
and 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 keeping the beard is one of the easiest ones to implement because you don't have to do anything to it, right? <laughs> it. It's a do nothing sunnah. Do nothing sunnah. <laughs> in fact, if you do, in fact, uh, we talk, we spoke about dhikr, right? Dhikr, you have to do something, right? Say bismillah, alhamdulillah. You have to action, right? But with the with keeping the beard, as long as you don't do anything, inshallah, you are implementing the sunnah. Yep. Mashallah. In fact, if you do something, oh, that's uh, that's why you're you know bypassing the sunnah. Mashallah. I guess we've we've covered so many aspects, and I think we will never do justice to every single act of the Sunnah of our daily practices, right? Yeah. Our daily life. There's there's such a vast uh, sea of knowledge out there regarding the Sunnah of Rasulullah mm-hmm. So awesome. I would like to invite everyone to um, start today, and most importantly, seek the knowledge uh, from from trusted teachers. Inshallah, you will find so many uh, amazing benefits. So I guess, uh, why do you think if we we uh, close this session for now? Yeah. Anyone else, any, anything else to add to the practical benefits that perhaps we, it's not mentioned yet? If we start, it, so it, <laughs> we start while, it, will be, so. it will be a while. Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe we have some more. Uh, inshallah, we can do another episode on this. Or <laughs> even the viewers, if you have any suggestions on us, on, uh, for us, uh, how what we should discuss in regards to the daily practices do let us know and perhaps we can address it in in part two if if, uh, if it requires i guess uh, for now I, I guess we can uh, uh, conclude today's session mashallah uh, and uh, i think uh, we let's go uh, from brother abdul aziz uh, what what is your parting message from today's topic inshallah now it's like a practice uh, to to follow. <laughs> for ah, yeah. order. <laughs> it is like a practice, right? <laughs> so, so, I guess it's the easiest way to go yeah. about it, right? Yeah, true. true, true. <laughs> so for me, just I, I I really want to keep it short. One sooner at a time. Don't burden yourself. Mm, mm, yeah, it's. Absolutely. I think it's not a, the destination that counts, right? It's, uh, it's because we do not know how long we will be in this world. So it's not like a project we do at at work. We know the start date and we know the finish date. Mm, yeah, now it's it's point. a journey. We don't know if we reach our destination, but what is important that we have progress. We mm. improve by time. Um, for me, just like we 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 discussed just now, Sunnah one on one. Grab the Hisnul Muslim or download the app. Yep. And may Allah uh, reward our effort to follow our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Barakallah. 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 Brother Amir, any parting thoughts? Okay. So we know that the, the life of messenger, uh, the routine that the, our Prophet does, is not something fixed. It's not. It's not really strict, uh, as per to speak. But it's rather flexible. Yeah. So it, it's more to use as like a guideline. So you you do your assessment, see the pros and the cons. So sometimes certain deeds. <laughs> suit the current time better than others so use that judgment of yours yeah uh and 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 and, and the uh the, the sunnah prophet use that uh, that will be your guideline yeah because like what i uh, just to tell also what mm. brother aziz mentioned that our life is short yeah and time is our greatest asset yes. so we yeah. got to make full use of it and one of it to get the most of it is by pro- by following the prophet pro- the sunnah of the prophet because that's the best way the easiest way to earn the barakah of allah from allah mm. yeah because hassan al-basri said this like a uh, oh children of adam you are a collection of days. If a, if a day goes by, a part of you goes with it. If wow. the remaining parts have gone, then mm. by then you have nothing at, at the end. Yeah? Mm. So, uh, 
following the sunnah of the prophet is one of the best preparation for for our akhirat as uh, surah al-azab verse 21 indeed in the messenger of allah in indeed the messenger of allah muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam you have a good example to follow for him who hopes for the meeting of if allah on the last day and remembers allah much yeah so that's mm. one of the ways to, to for our best provision and i just uh, finish it with one, with one story by by uh, by ali okay so you guys, probably you guys all remember that the 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 story of uh, when when uh, when fatima requested for the uh, helper from, from prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam and prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam came that night and he wasn't there but later at the night he came and he taught fatima and ali a few zikir yeah he said yeah. this is better than, than than the helper guess what happened to ali after that so ali never ever miss that zikir ever so someone asked even during the night of sifin even the most intense night of sifin i never i never leave this behind mm. yeah, since, let's just uh, describe that so sifin is the civil war that happened between two groups of muslims so even the most difficult times during crisis of civil war even that he didn't abandon this so called just a sunnah subhanallah he did so so yeah that, that's my parting words for for today Hmm. Masya-Allah barakallahu fik. So brother Faisal any parting words? Okay, I just want to remind us once again. So yeah, if you coming back to the love of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, if we love the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then we need to play our role that shows our love for him. Learn his sunnah, implement his sunnah and share it with other people. Right? Dawa to others. You know, like like what Reza has uh, shared about the brother who talked about him when he advised him about drinking with your right hand. That's a sunnah that sticks forever. The brother who brought me to the masjid. I I pray that you know every time I go to the masjid he gets that. I feel so jealous about these people. You know, I I wish that I I can have that honor of of advising somebody about the sunnah. These are the, the amazing benefits that you get just by one piece of advice. I have so many like I remember there was one brother who told me I remember like, eating out with him. And I had bits and pieces of rice and you know all these uh, foods, uh, food on my plate, and then he was like, he he came like the, in the group of friends, but he 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 whispered to me, "Hey brother, do you mind if I give you a piece of advice?" He said, "Yeah, what's that?" He said, "You know the uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says you don't know where the barakah is, so you better finish that food on your plate." And I was like, oh, "Wow!" Wow, mashallah. And 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 ever since then, ever since then, I, as far as I know, every single meal that I eat. I'll finish the food on my plate. I'll I'll Mashallah. make sure there's no grains of rice unless it's something I don't like. Then then I'll probably find a way and I'll, I'll take away or whatever, you know, but but every single meal, I would say at least 99.9% of the time, I would finish it clean. And Mashallah. by the way, some this is this this is the point where a lot of people will start making jokes and say, "Oh, that's why I'm that's that's why my my weight is like this." Oh, no, no. <laughs> that is not true at all. If you have baraka, even eating a little bit actually gets a lot of weight and you know, in hindsight back then I was overweight compared to what I am now. So no, that's not that is not the effect <laughs> at all. <laughs> that is not the baraka effect at all. Oh, there you go again. Oh, oh, I'm on the road. <laughs> okay. Somebody stop me. Somebody <laughs> twice brother. Twice or thrice. <laughs> But yeah, there's so many people that that have this impact on my life. You know, like the brother who told me about you know keeping a trimming your beard look good for who. Subhanallah, because of that phrase, I still remember it today, and it, it, I I still remember it now to remind myself. You no, know, look, your, your definition of good looks is for Allah. So my my conclusion is, brothers, like brothers and sisters, share our hadith, share our sunnah. Yeah, 
If you love something, you will share to others. Tell others, encourage them to do that. You will have that level of enthusiasm. Mm. My roommate last time, he was obsessed about Manchester United. He would tell me, oh, you know, Manchester United, Alex Ferguson did this and this. And I would give that super in, uninterested face. I'm like, oh, is it? Because oh. I, I, I don't I don't watch football. Nothing against many fans, but I just don't watch football. <laughs> you know, I was like, mm, okay. But he would keep telling me, you know, he's like, I don't care if you like it or not. This is what I'm passionate about. This is the kind of attitude we should have about the sunnah, you know? So, you know, we should keep this up. And like Aziz says, to conclude with what Aziz is saying, it's a process. It's not like a destination, like, oh, you know, you, you 100% implement. It's a kafa. journey. Sorry? Yeah, it's not like Holy kafa, 100%, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, so to reflect this, I want to remind a quote from Sheikh Al-Albani, rahimahullah. He says, the path to Allah, which is including, you know, the path of following the sunnah, the path to Allah is long. And we travel on it like turtles. But the goal is not to reach the end of the path, but the goal is to die on that path. Yeah, die on that journey. So that's it for me. <clears throat> mashallah, barakallah uh, Brother Shahmi, any last words? Mashallah, just echoing from what the brothers have uh, beautifully said. Um, when we listen, when we read a sunnah or we heard a sunnah from someone, you know, and the sunnah is authentic. Don't just don't just give it a pass, you know. Don't just make it something like you know. Oh, I heard about this sunnah, right? Because mm. the Prophet Allah Subhanahu wa Taala he mentions in the Quran he said, "Ya ayuhaladina amanu." Oh, the people who believe, huh? Oh, people who, "Ya ayuhaladina amanu." Ati Allah wa Rasulah, wala tawallu anhu wa antum tasmaun. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala said, "Oh, people who believe, right? All oh, people who believe, follow Allah and His Messenger." And do not turn away from him while you are listening to them. So how can you turn away when you are listening to someone, right? This means the, the Prophet Allah SWT mentions in the next ayah, Do not be like the person who said, Oh, I've heard. But indeed, they, they were not listening, you know, they were not listening to it attentively. Because when you listen to it attentively, you understand the weight of the message that is being. You know uh, that's being uh, you know uh, that is being told, and then what that does is that you will want to do it. You know you naturally want to do it because you love Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and you love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so you will do it, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is something that we must uh, understand that when when we when we read and we understand something, it must comes with action, because al ilmu wal amal they are. Like they are like twins, they cannot be separated. When you hear about it, you uh, put it into practice. Now, of course, you know, some some sunnah might be harder than the, the others, but have that at least have that intention that one day I will do it. You know, one day I will do it. When you have yeah, when that that uh, when that day finally comes, for example, uh, for example, um, okay, this is might be uh, Hajj is something obligatory, but when you when you have the means to go for Hajj, then you go. Or maybe when you have when you have a second chance to do to do Hajj, you have everything. There's nothing else stopping you. Then you go because second Hajj is you know it's Sunnah, right? You can you will get you will be rewarded for it anyway. So have that intention, and have that intention to at least do the Sunnah at least once in your lifetime. Uh, some of my some of the teachers they say that if you can't do it if you can't do all of the Sunnah, have that intention. Right, have that intention and at least do one sunnah once in your lifetime. Mm. But keep a sunnah that is simple, a simple one, 
do it consistently daily. You have that, mm. but other sunnah that you might find a bit difficult to do, might you do it once in your lifetime. And inshallah, Allah will reward you for that as well. Allah will definitely reward you for that. So that's all I have. Barakallahu fikum. Barakallahu fik, okay. So I guess to conclude, just to echo the uh, the brothers' uh, conclusions before, uh, it's our life, you know, it's a journey. And to know that you have the sunnah as a guide for your safety in the akhirah, this is something very precious in, and something that we should have a sense of rira, a sense of appreciation that this is one of the greatest resources that we can use and we must we must use as a guide in our life. You know? And what Allah wants from us is just to, to see that you are on the path. And in, re, in regards to uh, starting on how to revive the sunnah, perhaps we can start small, as Brother Aziz mentioned, and try to implement the sunnah first that are easy for you because uh, and make sure that you are consistent in it, as Brother Shami mentioned, because Allah meant, loves the consistent deeds even if it's small. So, so when you want to start about going about uh, implementing the sunnah in your lives, go for the easy ones first. Inshallah, this will build towards more sunnah. You feel like you will have the thirst to, to uh, learn from for more sunnah and, and uh, implement more sunnah in your life because you will start to experience the amazing benefits from it. And in regards to the attitude of the Muslim, uh, in regards to any branch of knowledge or sunnah, uh, it's easy. Just look at uh, Surah Al-As for the reminder. Allah mentions, uh, Verily, man in, is always in a state of loss. Except those who believe and did righteous deeds. So, believe and did righteous deeds to seek the, the ilm and practice it and exhort each other. So, advise each other to follow the truth, advise each other to the sunnah and observe patience and advise each other in patience. So this is, uh, inshallah, a good, a good guide for us to always remain on course uh, on how uh, the knowledge should be treated and how we should, the attitudes behind uh, how we should implement the sunnah in our lives. So I certainly gained a lot of benefits uh, from the reminders shared today by all the brothers, Allah Mubarak. And uh, in essence, we really hope that we, re we can reclaim the izzah, the honor of loving and implementing the sunnah of Rasulullah in our everyday life. And may it be a means of uh, Allah's pleasure on us and also uh, a means of our safety uh, on the day of judgment, whereby nothing else will matter except for our deeds. It is the sunnah to recite Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayh when we are leaving any gathering that we attended. So the sunnah narrated by At-Tamizi mentioned that whoever recite this zikr, he or she will be forgiven for the sins he may have intentionally or unintentionally committed in the gathering. Jazakumullahu khairan for listening. We would love to hear from you guys. Please do comment in the comment box. What is the sunnah you would recommend to others? Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.